What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Before we get into the episode this week, just a quick word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Laughable, the number one iOS comedy podcast app. Not only can you look up your favorite shows, your favorite artists, you can buy tickets in the app. They recommend new episodes and new artists to you all the time. It's coming soon for Android, so go to www.laughable.com and sign up for the waiting list. For iOS users, just go to the App Store and search Laughable. Drinking with us this week is former adult performer Jessie Lee, who's an old friend of mine. I've known her forever. You may know her from BurningAngel.com and her multiple AVN nominations. Also drinking with us is magician Shane Cobalt, who just happens to be Jesse's boyfriend. There's a lot of sex, magic, and a little bit of gunplay talk in this episode. Cheers, guys. Enjoy. Okay, so we just cracked a bottle of Jim Beam 100 Proof Bonded. So I'm not sure what Jim Beam Bonded is. Um, it's an interesting name. I'm hoping it's good. Cheers. One the momento, por favor, before we have an accident. Yeah. Open bottle. Is there a closed bottle policy? Well, I just don't want an open bottle near while we're drinking near all my goddamn equipment. <laughs> near all your expensive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a legitimate concern. I think so, too. Just... Hey, guys, sorry I had to cancel the podcast because my equipment is covered in booze, which amazingly hasn't happened yet. But that would take like an hour. It evaporate. You'd be back in the game. You know, it smells good. It's not yeah. the end of the world in terms of like, you know, some bourbon is like a very strong astringent and this doesn't have that terrible astringent odor. It guys. definitely tastes like beam, though. Guys, this Trader Joe's ginger beer is so good. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny though? That like, the, like, how did you feel about it? Like, doesn't taste like Jim Beam. Like, wow, it's great. Like, that's the pro. <laughs> nah, it still has a little bit of the Beam aftertaste. It does have a little Jim Beam still in it, you know. I'd hope so, since it's branded as Beam. <laughs> I hope Jim Beam's not in it. That would be a whole other lawsuit. I don't know. Might be pretty metal. Yeah. That would be hardcore. I mean, I, there are little flakes floating around in there. Are there? No, I like no. You guys both looked at the bottle. <laughs> Why wouldn't we look at the bottle? What are you looking at? You're looking at She's your, fucking your with us is what she's doing. I'm trolling you, darling. <laughs> she's trolling. I'm trolling you. So, yeah. I don't even know where to fucking start tonight. Like, We have a magician. We have Jesse, who is Jesse because you... I do everything. Exactly. You're like Madonna. You don't even need a last name anymore. You're yeah. just Jesse. I'm just Jesse. I mean, how many other famous Jessies can you name off the top of your head? None. I mean, there's Uncle Jesse. But Fictional character. You're not, a, not a real theory. person. You're actually like you're yeah. a human being. Yes, right. I mean, John Stamos is one thing. Jesse Jeff- James. Uh, That's yeah. kind of old school, though, isn't it? I mean, it depends which Jesse James you want to go with. I mean, not the knockoff biker dude that that cheated on America's Sandra sweetheart Bullock. What right. kind of monster does that? With especially with the broad he did it with. Who did he cheat with? Uh, that bombshell. Bombshell. Oh yeah, it was like a weird chick you'd expect to see at like a trucker rally. Like, I like tattooed girls, but I think she overdid it a little bit for my sexual preference. 
Oh, for your sexual preference? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wasn't really looking at her as a sexual object. So for that particular instance, I was just like, the, the whole story was guy cheats on Sandra Bullock. It didn't even matter who it was. It was like, oh, it's Jesse James. He's famous. No one cares who Jesse James is when oh, you're talking about Sandra Bullock. Oh, that one. You remember yeah. that? She's right here on screen. Yeah, oh. I mean, you know, she's... She's got a pretty face. She's a sweet girl, I'm sure. I presume. I don't know. She's all right. I mean, she looks like someone that would be, you know, in the back of a trailer park somewhere. You believe that she's in the back of a trailer park somewhere? Yes. Which is how they met or? Oh, I think this is a more recent photo where, like, she Are has her full. dating? No, no. No, that's some must, other dude. That must have been oh. like a But it's, a, she has a full forehead tattoo now. Oh, yeah, didn't she have like a Nazi tattoo on her forehead or something? Something like that. Is that like what that. it was? That is madness. Yeah. I, Why would you do that You know to what? Yourself? They met at a Klan rally. That's when they met. A Klan rally. Allegedly. Yeah. I'm not looking to get sued. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, I just, I'm glad I had you sign that fucking release before we got on air. Jesus. There's a reason there's waivers signed before you do shit like this. So when you say stupid shit like that, you don't get sued by everyone. Yay. Yay. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. We'll go back and bleep that out with. Jim Beam bonded. <laughs> Jim Beam bonded. That smooth Jim nuts, Beam. But she has a Nazi tattoo on her forehead. That's, something like that. There's like some Nazi, like Nazi allegations. Nazi tattoo or something like that. Hold on. I feel like we're highlighting so, the wrong part of the story. What? I mean, she was like... Do you remember what happened with all that? Like, it was heartbreaking. Like Sandra he, Bullock, like, won an Academy Award, didn't she? Yeah, she was America's sweetheart. No, no, but she, like, she won an Miss okay? Miss Congeniality. She was Miss Congeniality. <laughs> she was in goddamn Speed. No, but was, yeah. did she just do the blind side and then she gave her acceptance speech and it was like really heartwarming and she was like, she came out and I'm just going from memory here, but she comes out and she's like, I never knew what it was really like when someone said that they had your back until I met Jesse and starts going to the whole thing about like how he's such a great guy and like a week later he cheats on her or like the allegations explode. And finds out, yeah, no, look at her forehead tattoo. Like I'm not into it. What's the forehead tattoo? We've only got one screen, so I can't see a whole lot. Let me see. Turn it. I think just in general, forehead tattoos maybe aren't your best life decision. No, nah, not so much. When no. Oprah says to like live your best life, I feel like a forehead tattoo is nowhere on that game plan. No, it's not. What no, especially if, Op- if, if Oprah got a forehead tattoo, though. Let's just be theoretical. <laughs> what do you think Oprah's forehead tattoo would be? I don't know. Would it be like no beef because she's such against the cattle industry? Remember that whole fiasco? Oprah got sued by the, the cattle industry? I don't know. Hmm. What happened? This is years ago. This was an incredible. This is becoming a historic podcast, apparently, so, about pop so, culture. And so, Matt, something about Shane. Shane knows everything about everything. That's you not can true. Ask him one little thing, and he'll trail off into like every little tidbit. You're like, what? I never knew that. Like exactly, Shane knew that. That's though. true. My tangent game is strong. <laughs> My tangent game is on fleek. <laughs> no, it was a messed up situation. It was like Oprah got sued because I think she went on her show one day. I think. I, but so, it was about, according like, to food libel laws. On a quick Google search, she was sued around the Texas version of a food libel law known as the False Disparagement of Perishable Foods Act of 1995 for a 1996 episode of her show. Right. What did she say, though? What got her in heat? It was something on the lines like she doesn't eat meat anymore, and then everyone lost their minds. I'm a huge supporter of meat and eating meat, so if there are any people listening to this that own companies that have a lot of meat and you would like me to eat it, feel free to send it over this way. Oh, she made two disparaging comments around... Mad cow. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that became, that's actually how she met Dr. Phil. Because he was a guy that was brought in as a consultant to like 
to choose the jury. His job was literally like he was good at reading people and determining a jury that would like be favorable to her. And didn't she like get out of it? There's no issues. And then Dr. Phil got his own TV show. This I, is a lot I different. Harvey know. Weinstein had different arrangements. You know, he was like, look, if you do this horrible stuff, then you can get a starring role in a movie. Oprah oh. was like, if you can save me from this lawsuit, I'll give you a TV show. Holy fuck. Cattle Futures dropped 10% the day of that episode. Yeah, it was huge. Wow. The Oprah effect was like more than just people coming on there with like, you know, gimmicky stuff or with their own products. You know, Oprah could talk about anything and it took a huge jump or a huge dive. They lost 6.7 million. That's fucking Dollars? crazy. Yeah. That's it? 6.7? In one day. That's not that much money though. In Six one day? That's 6.7 million dollars? In that is one not in a day? That's nothing. That's a small amount of money for the whole beef. The whole beef no, no, industry. one rancher. Oh, one rancher lost six point seven million dollars yeah. in one day. Okay, that's a yeah. bit more. Yeah. That's like the beginnings of a class action, which I guess is kind of what happened, right? But I don't know. Like Oprah's opinion being like she she was just not down with meat. I don't see how that should become this big explosive thing. I feel like this topic of discussion is going to be easily exhausted. <laughs> Oprah, Quite possibly. Oprah, Oprah's beef consumption. Hey, let's oh, see Speaking of delicious else. things, we went to a dumpling place earlier today. Oh, my God. That made so the, good. They were so big. The dumplings were like the size of your fist. Each just massive. I got like a pork and vegetable dumpling. They, they bring out four. It's like eight bucks. Four dumplings. What was the place called? Nah, it don't matter. They're not sponsoring. Exactly. But if they were sponsoring, I'd tell you where I got them from because they were excellent. We were watching uh, Anthony Bourdain. They're also not sponsoring. You can't. <laughs> we're watching a show by that famous guy who travels on the world looking for food. I feel like you're missing the point when we don't mention a thing. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, we were watching this episode and like the next day he was like, we have to go get those dumplings. We're like, okay. So no, it was it just it was pure coincidence. It was like he, he was in LA doing stuff and I was like, hey, we should see where he's eating. And the food that he was eating looked incredible. We we're like, we should like go check this out. So next time we're in Koreatown, let's do it. So today, by happenstance, she's like, "Hey, my friend has a check for me because like where Jesse used to live," and um, she's like, "We gotta go pick it up. We've only got half an hour." I'm like, "Where is it?" So like, oh, it's like right near Koreatown in like Mid Wilshire. I'm like, "That's perfect." While we're there, can I take you out for lunch? And then that's how I managed to get dumplings. It was great. There's yeah. a really good red bean dumpling too. Jesse just loved it. Nice. It was nice. So, I wish we could tell you where it was, but we can't because they're not sponsoring anything. Damn right. No <laughs> in, free ads. In all fairness, we didn't even give them an opportunity to. So Hey, once I do, I'll edit it back in. Mm. The only reason the beam gets mentioned is because we're drinking it right now. Because we're drinking Jim Beam Bonded, my favorite beverage. Jim Beam Bonded comes with a 100-proof bottle <laughs> in bond. That doesn't even make sense. 100-proof bottled in bond. How the you're, fuck do you bottle something in bond? Because you're bonding with it. No, that's not what they're saying. It's like when you get, you know what? Because they not want you to bond it with is. it. That's why. You think that the reason they put bonded on yeah. the bottle is so that you could become sure. closer with the bottle? Absolutely. They're like they even made the t- the opening a little bit bigger. So bottled in bond is a label for American-made distilled beverages that have been aged and bottled in accordance with a set of legal regulations contained in the United States government standards for identity and distilled spirits. Originally laid out in the Bottled in Bond Act of 1897. 1897, ain't that some shit? Mm-hmm. It's like serious sitting down with us. It's in response to a lot of bootlegging and like people filling bottles. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, people start like making liquor around those times and. Which is actually kind of cool. My hat goes off to some of those people because those guys were badasses. They just didn't give a shit. That's how much America likes liquor. Like, we'll kill you. We don't care. They're like, I'm making gin in my bathtub whether you kill me or not. 
You're like, really? Bathtub gin? That's your, that's your game changer, hey, huh? Hey, our prisoners make fucking prune wine in their fucking toilets. Dude, they make like, they collect their apples. We watch some really good trash television. And sometimes like any of those like locked up abroad programs or any jail programs. Those guys are ingenious. I read they got article. nothing but time. Yeah, you know what? I mean, one, the one thing that bothers me more than anything is that they don't have more books in prison. These guys should just be like really well educated. I don't mean like everyone gets a Bible, which is a great education in its own right. I mean like teach them some electronical engineering. I want some real life skills when they so they me, get out. so they have an easier time breaking out, right? Yes. <laughs> if you get out, you should be free. If you Shawshank through this motherfucker, if you go full fucking Anthony Robbins and you get out of this bitch, you earned it. <laughs> Tim Robbins Anthony Robbins is the oh he's the motivational speaker, speaker right he would have been out like nothing he would have talked his way out of that in the same day he wouldn't have been convicted they just would have put him on the stand yeah, there wouldn't have even been a problem they would have been like oh we're so sorry sir here get back into your you've been drinking don't worry about it here are your keys you I ran somebody it. over with your car while you were drunk it's it fine to the best of us that's a terrible thing to say we so do, we do not condone drinking and driving despite the fact that we are currently drinking right but we're not driving What's true? We all lifted here. Yes. So we all took other means of transportation. We are responsible bloggers most of the time. We're bloggers? Cool. Yeah, we're bloggers? Are we bloggers? No. I don't know. I used to write a blog. So for I went into blog mode, which is sort I'm of funny. What was your blog about? Magic and stuff. Speaking of magic, so what is the origin story of you and magic? God, those stories are so boring. Everyone has the same story, right? Like, it, you know, you saw the girl in half. You figure out how to put it back together. No, that's some cliche shit. That didn't have no magi- look. No one became a magician because they were like the valedictorian. Okay, no one was like, oh man, I sure am beating up all this action in school. Oh, it sure is good to be head of the football team. Now I'm gonna go pick up some coin tricks. It just doesn't work that way, you know. I thought you just like you know made panties disappear or some shit. Like, hey, there we go. Are you kidding I mean, me? He does though. No, he okay. doesn't. Don't give me that kind of credit. That's not true at all. Magic's sort of funny. Though. You, I'm, I suppose <laughs> it's possible to, but no. I mean, there's like all these misconceptions. Um, the story is terribly uninteresting, like most people's story in magic. You know, around like eight, ten years old, someone shows you a trick, you're fooled by it, but you're infinitely curious. So you're like, I need to know how it works, and you just sort of get addicted to it. It's it's fun, it's interesting. But, you know, it's always like a social crutch. Very few people get into magic because they're, like, socially well-adjusted. The difference is, the real question becomes, how many of those people grow up and get rid of the crutch? And then how many people are still, like, hanging on for dear life? That, to me, is much more interesting to, to talk about and to witness. Is these, like, these magicians that just wish that they would be accepted for them instead of for their magic tricks. But, um, yeah, my story is not terribly interesting. I saw David Copperfield fly when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But even before that, I was in like grade two, and someone's father was a magician and came to the school and performed. I remember seeing that. My grandfather did like a card trick at like a Thanksgiving. Like, again, it's so uninteresting. The stories really aren't fascinating. I know you were going for something better than this. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Anyways, Jim Beam bonded. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you have that crutch, have you used that crutch to get into any adventures, you know? Hey. Oh, my whole life is an adventure from there. Um, oh, something interesting. Oh, my God. Something interesting in magic. Who knew? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like magic's a funny topic because it's one of those things where people want to give magic a lot of credit if you're good at it. If you're not good at it, no one wants to talk to you about magic, right? Kind of like comedy? Exactly. If you're not funny, no one yeah. wants to ask you about jokes. Yeah. Tell us a joke. No, no one wants to hear that. Uh, and I guess it's like magic's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful art form in certain people's hands. 
and then it isn't. And that's kind of wasn't there a law? Was is it Dunning Kroger's law? Like ninety percent of everything is garbage, or ninety percent of everything is just crap. Sure. It's something like that. There's some I, law I that applies know. to that, or some rule. Magic is no exception. Most of the stuff we see is really, really, really bad. But for those that do it at an extraordinarily high level, it's incredible to witness and take part in. Um, but yeah, like magic's only cool when you don't suck at it, and you—it's so easy to forget that like twenty-year gap when you just are garbage at something. And you're trying so hard, and that social crutch isn't helping. Your tricks are terrible. You know, you're socially awkward, and if you're in like high school, you're all lanky and stuff. You're like just trying to look like a normal human being. And yeah, you just sort of like slowly make it work. I don't know. So, magic versus comedy. You know, with a comedian, you expect a comedian to be working on their own voice, mm-hmm. whatever you know, jokes they're telling from their point of view. Do magicians come up with their own? Good question. Tricks like that. Um, Ricky Jay wrote a remarkable review of a book called uh, Fooling Houdini by this horrible magician. I'm not even going to give his name. I mean, he's just so bad it's not worth mentioning. And Anyways, in the review, I think it was for the Wall Street Journal, Ricky Jay talks very specifically about the composition of a magic trick and how he explains that one person may have come up with like the idea of a particular trick and another person may have come up with like a, a, an MO, a modus operandi, like an actual way of accomplishing this particular trick and somebody else may have came up with like a really interesting presentation, so like a way to put words to actions for it. Very rarely, not, it's not impossible of course, but very rarely do we find that one person did the best of all those things for one trick. So it really is a collaborative effort. Uh, the difference with comedy I think is that in magic, we don't put so much importance on originality, and I'm not sure that we need to. I think that proficiency is more important than originality. Um, the difference is with comedy, if, if someone is, like, delivers a joke in comedy, they can make it their own. In magic, it's a little bit harder to make that your own in different ways. Like As magicians, we can see someone stole something. It's just too similar to someone else's thing, where in comedy, you may go like, oh, that's not this person's joke. That's someone else's joke. Right. You have to figure out if it was parallel thinking or it was flat-out thievery. Right, and, and for magic, it's a little bit different. We have a bit more leeway because we publish our stuff. Like, imagine if a comedian published all of his material after like a lifetime of work, and then you could go and take his jokes and use them. I mean, that would be madness. No one in comedy would really do it. It wouldn't make sense. No, not at all. In magic, whole different story. It's like, you should do that. We encourage going and finding old magic and old books and tricks because our work is largely intellectual, but it's also physical. Like, I've got to be, I need to be deceptive. My hands have to be good enough to fool you. So I think in that regard, it goes both ways. Um, but magic, I mean, we get a lot more leeway than sort of comedians do, especially for that. The downside to that is it's a huge pitfall. A lot of magicians just perpetually stay mediocre. It's a byproduct of the environment. It is what it is, you know? Fair enough. No, it's very, I'm just curious about it because I know a lot of people who do comedy. You're the only magician I actually know. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of us, which is a, probably a good thing. Um, it's not a field where they're like a glut of them is a good idea. Yeah, Jess, Jessie's stocking up. She's already like she's got her next soldier out. She's like another bottle of ginger I'm beer. Done. I'm she's gonna drink us under the back. table. I know, right? Jim Beam bonded and I are just just barely meeting. I'm just getting to the bottom of this glass. I want to get ginger wasted. What is ginger wasted? I feel like that's something redheads do in, in middle school. I mean, I do have red hair. Is it when all the gingers get together for a party so. because they weren't invited to the other party? Is that how it works? Sure. Do you drink until your hair turns a different color sure. in your eyes? Sure. They Absolutely. all have no soul. They're just <laughs> Well, obviously there's no mirrors at this party. I definitely don't have a soul, so that makes a lot of sense. According to 
Me. To you. Okay, good. That's exactly. <laughs> like when you ask Satan, do you have a soul? Oh, no. She went for the Scientology test. They of hooked her up to the, you know, yeah, yeah. They hooked her up to the clamps and nothing those, came those back. Those weird metal things, man. That's I know. A, that's why I can't be a Scientologist. I want a new... Who, I, okay, just a new... <laughs> I, I'm very Canadian for a moment. Jesse was like, yes, Canadian. <laughs> Play with those O's. I like when he talks Canadian to me. She loves it. Great. Is that how your bedroom talk goes? Always. It's always in French. I always, I always troll always him. always maple syrup I always involved. troll him and I'm like, he'll say something and I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, you know, I'm saying more Canadian. If I apologize... This like, is like our big, like, our big moment sorry. of contention. Like, what? What'd you say? Wait, sorry. What, what do I yes. say? How do I say it? Sorry. And with the long O? So- sorry. Sorry. Okay, sorry. yeah, go ahead. As opposed to? Sorry. Sorry, the Indian dressing gown, the, the, the royal <laughs> particular Indian accoutrement. Do you say sure. Z also? Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't we? Canada is such a funny world because you guys are like baffled. Like I think my favorite is milk bags. We, have, we buy milk in bags and you guys are like is it a fucking IV bag this is ridiculous and I'm like you can buy a milk and a shotgun at Walmart <laughs> our milk just yeah. happens to be in a bag yeah. you do not get to judge Canada right now or really kind of ever you guys are just like old Canadians <laughs> thanks just saying thanks we're old Canadians wow it's not a negative I mean technically America I guess was fun. it's not important the point is we all came from the queen and uh, we just stuck around uh-huh. for a little longer. Yeah, yeah. You're still considered a commonwealth. <laughs> kind of. You're invited to the commonwealth games. We're not. We're not. Exactly. exactly. Who ruined that party? America. <laughs> fuck yeah. Isn't invited for that exact reason. Is but you know Mas- who is invited? Is Jim Beam. Bonded. It is the commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's not a British commonwealth. Right. It's not part of like the, yeah. So the commonwealth games is, commonwealth. is basically the Olympics for all the you know, other countries that used to be Britain's Back bitch. when England tried to own the world... They hit a point where they're like, ah, this is a lot of responsibility. We should give some of these kids back. And they started giving countries sort of back. But at a time when they owned all of those, owned, I'm using air quotes here, um, it was called the, the British Commonwealth. And that's kind of where the, the Commonwealth Games come from. It's all the previous things that Britain oh once God. owned. You know, the sun never sets compete. on the British Empire. This could oh be a scene God. from Django Unchained. <laughs> I mean, we don't have two large black men wrestling in front of us. True. We could, though. We can make some calls. I don't got that kind of money. I don't have that kind of pull. <laughs> I don't know who would. I don't have that kind of directory in my phone. I think <laughs> is kind of the more important factor here. Okay, I'm going to top up on some of this delicious Jim Beam 100 proof bonded Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Single distilled, bottled in bond, single season. I don't know what that means. Why there's a, would there be multiple seasons? Well, if it was multiple barrels, it might be multiple seasons. Can we just talk? Okay, quality, genuine Beam bourbon. Who's knocking off Jim Beam? If I was going to duplicate a liquor, it would not be Jim Beam. Despite the fact that this one's going down quite smooth. I will take some more as well. I will happily pour this for you. Why, thank you. I like how I'm pouring it like we're drinking iced tea. <laughs> like blatant disregard for the... And I will open the... my second ginger beer. Woo, we're getting wow. wasted. Jesse, you wild child. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers indeed. I, I'd actually... You know we're on video. Guys, you just picked up my wanna, cup and... I don't want to spill anything. I know we're on video as well. I figure most people listen to this. They don't watch this. I don't know. We haven't actually started putting the videos up yet. Exactly. So technically, this is perfectly intact. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out how ridiculous that was. Just or to ruin the, the magic video. of audio here, I took his glass and I clinked it in front of the microphone to give that audible sound of Clink. two people enjoying a drink. That's where that magic goes. The illusion we're trying to create, which has now been dashed for the audience at home. It's just three of us sitting around drinking. That's what the reality is. 
Except for Jesse, she's drinking ginger. I am beer. drinking though. Drink, yeah, you're I'm very drinking. well hydrated, sweetheart. I'm drinking. She's tea. drinking beer. She, yes, she is. That it is, is beer. That is all accurate. So what else? Went? Let's talk about stuff that's more interesting. Let's talk about your book collection. I don't know if people. You said you haven't put videos up yet, so people don't get to see your your world. But you well, have, they won't really see the world because the camera's really not pointed at the world. No, I understand that, which is why we're gonna give like the inside view of what's going on. You've got some like phenomenal posters up, a shitload of DVDs. Not like a ridiculous number of DVDs, but like a healthy DVD collection. Like if Netflix went down, you'd be fine. It w- I would be. I'd be a little angry, but... <laughs> you'd be chilling for sure, though. Oh, yeah. I'd definitely be good. And then there's the book. So tell me about your library. Those are all my roommates except for the books on top. Okay. So essentially, you could lie to me, but okay, let's go. I'm not here to lie to you or my audience. <laughs> that, that, that's that's right. not what they're here for. We're here to spit fiery truth. <laughs> fiery fucking truth. Not icy lies. Instead of talking about my goddamn books that are, you know, aren't even mine... I, w- I was more curious about like the Canadian sex and you know, dropping Jesse's panties whenever you, know, you say sorry. Oh yeah, the Canadianisms. So if I pretend so, to speak French, she's like, "This is amazing." I don't even have to speak real <laughs> French words because she doesn't. Google Translate is going to ruin my whole game. So do you want to know how me and Shane met? Yeah, that'd be a shrinking so competition. I, uh, myself <laughs> and uh, five other people, including Joanna. This is Taurus, sounding like a much more interesting Taurus, story than it is. And uh, I was actually at a. a a guy in our group is one of my dates and we went to go see Shane perform in the parlor before dinner and I was and I sat next to Joanna and he talked started talking about Toronto I was like Joanna he's Canadian if anyone knows anything about me they know that I'm obsessed with Canada Jesse's been hunting me like weak prey if you ever watch Planet Earth and there's always that one little straggler that gets caught by the lion, that was me. The whole group was like, oh my God, guys, the Magic Castle is going to be so much fun. So, so he impressed me and then we, you know, we talked a little bit like when we were waiting for our cars and we started talking about Tim Hortons. And See, Canadian she caught stuff. me straggling. I was outside. I was not woke. And, <laughs> and she then, came out of nowhere and she attacked. And he left I the safety the, of the, his castle. I, I did. She again. took me down like an antelope in Africa. I saw him perform again that Sunday and then nothing happened that Sunday and then the following Monday... The next day, we went on a date, and then my panties were dropped since that day. Are you wearing panties? Right now, I am. <laughs> I've lost my game. <laughs> if anyone was wondering, the, the Canadian magic oh, wait, game is... just disappeared. Weird. How did that happen? Oh, my God. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> if you pulled them out of his short sleeves, I'd be really impressed. It's like, woo. Joke's on you. I'm wearing them. I think joke's on you, then. Oh, shit. That sounds like a little... You know, Crushing. I can tell you who the joke's not on. This guy. Jim Beam. Bonded. Uh-huh. Oh, they're not sponsoring us, are they? No. God damn it. Can we send them an email or something beforehand? Yeah, I don't think they want to sponsor my degenerate ass. Will they sue us? I feel like this could go both ways. Like, if they sponsor you, it's cool to talk about it. But if they don't and you talk about it and you're a degenerate, you could bring them down. <laughs> well, if they notice me, I'll take the press. Okay. If you it gets what? to the point where Jim Beam's like, we're suing this degenerate motherfucker because he keeps talking about our product on his show that we don't approve of, I will happily take the press. Wait, yeah, instead there, of when suing something, him. something in the news about him and, and Jim Beam and Mila Kunis? Oh, yeah. Jim yeah. Beam? So Jim Beam, yeah. Doesn't Mila Kunis Kunis, is like the a, spokesperson for yeah, Jim Beam these days. Yeah. For it. And she revealed on a late night show recently that she's been monthly donating anonymously oh, yes. for Mike Pence. So Mike Pence's office to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, gets a thank you from Planned Parenthood every month. So good that she's paying for it. So she's the best troll ever. That's a good trolling. Yeah, that is a good one. It's an amazing trolling. So a bunch. The headlines are so misleading. A bunch of bourbon drinkers boycott Jim Beam. No, a bunch of assholes that occasionally drink bourbon. 
pointed card to Jim Beam. It's so funny that you can like you can identify anyone by anything. You know, like these people were not there because of their bourbon drinking. They were there because of their particular dislike towards, I presume, Planned Parenthood. Right, because they don't want women to have you know mammograms and fucking CPAPs and or reproductive women, rights women or the ability to control we're their people. own bodies. We're just, we're just slaves or, for all mankind. Oh, wow. that's so not true. That got dark. <laughs> that got dark fast. That's no, Repu- I don't know. That's I mean, the Republican view of women. I think it's an incredible thing when someone tells someone else what they can and cannot do with themselves. Yeah, well, we're supposed to be the land of the free, home of the brave. You're not very free if you, know, you can't terminate that abortion. I would yeah. say freedom is out the window if you can't you know, take control of your own body. What about the brave part? I mean, like, I feel like the brave part oh, is wait. like kicking in proper. Read my shirt. Trump, British Trump. slang, meaning a fart, expellation of gases from the anus, possibly in a bath, creating amusing bubbles. Never trust a fart. Jesse, towards the camera, please. Oh, I have like my thing between my legs. Why are you wearing a jacket right now? We're Isn't indoors in California. Yeah. Nothing in California is chilly. So, you know one of the weirdest parts so of like coming to LA? you can actually get the shirt from um, my friends, uh, snake dot, no, snake what is it? Snake? <laughs> snake oil dot rocks. <laughs> snake, snake oil, oil dot, dot rocks. rocks. Speaking of things on the rocks, we are still sipping that sweet, sweet, smooth <laughs> Jim Beam bonded. Send us a case. It's crazy. I, I just did a libertarian podcast with some friends over the weekend. How is a libertarian podcast? It was actually pretty fucking interesting because they're so connected that they got the libertarian candidate for governor for Illinois on the wow. podcast with me. Oh, wow. He agreed and to speak with you? He didn't know who I was. Obviously. They just introduced me as, oh, this is Matt. He's a podcaster from Los Angeles. He was just excited to be recorded. And then... Le- legally. Legally. <laughs> I guess. And then when they let me start asking questions, I'm like, so how would you feel about legalizing sex work in Illinois? He's like, I think that would be a very good idea. We should tax it, and it's going to happen anyways. I'm like, how would you like to invite the porn industry to Illinois? Oh, I would be all for it. He's like all down. Really? Yeah, he's all down. Now, nah, but you can't trust people saying that sort of stuff. He's yeah, but we like, have him on record saying it. Well, no, which is fine. I mean, like, look, Saudi Arabia just made a robot a citizen, okay? I feel like you had a robot on who happens to be a citizen, and they just gave you all the <laughs> remarks yeah. that you expect. Oh, I honestly wasn't expecting it because I don't feel like people normally ask governor- <laughs> governorial candidates, so, legalized sex work? Yes. And then... And it's like, legalize marijuana? Oh, definitely. So what about other Schedule 1 drugs? Yeah, we can legalize cocaine. But, I mean, he just went on record to legal. Really? Yeah. That's kind of amazing. But you, isn't that kind of the problem? Like, he stands Guess for he's nothing? my vote if I live in Illinois. I would not give him that vote. You know why? He's thought through none of this. He, he had some thoughts on it. He thought that this would work. He's like, I have an idea. Let's just get the government out of it as much as possible. Do all the drugs you want. Good luck. Let's just see how this plays out. But you know, in all fairness, in Portugal, I think it was Portugal, they legalized almost all drugs or they took away the criminal aspect of it. Yeah. So it's like misdemeanors and shit. And the result was res- like remarkably positive. The response was just drug use went down, I think, and overdoses and stuff reduced. Like there was just so many positive things from it. I'm all for it. I mean, I don't give a fuck what you put in your body as long as you're not hurting anyone else to do it. What if it's another person? Then that's a problem. Exactly. Can you do, do a quick Google here? Let's look this up. When did marijuana become illegal? 
Oh, that's... Did it come in with prohibition? Was it's it like post-prohibition. A, post-prohibition? That's even yep. more fascinating. Pull up the, like, the legalities of, of marijuana laws because I, I have a hard time finding anything that actually shows a good reason why. Oh, there is no good reason. Exactly. So... Now, I've heard that there's certain stuff. I've asked you to Google very specifically. I'm sort of, I'm not baiting you, but I'm sort of leading into something. I, I want to make sure that we follow this proper train of thought before we start. So, drugpolicy.org is what we're going to go to. Okay, that seems legit. This is a October 8th, 2014 article. Uh, well, I got to read. In the meantime, Jesse and I will banter about things that happen in our day-to-day lives. So, sweetheart, <laughs> there you are. Yes, sweetheart. At work, cutting hair. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hey. So there you are at work cutting hair. Yes. And then can you please talk about, there's two machines that Jessie has in her salon. Both of them make me extremely happy. One more so than ah, the other. Yeah. So I have an answer. So not to cut you guys off on the salon talk. We'll get back to it because I'm sure everyone is just riveted by, right now by what she possibly has in her machines in her I don't, salon. I don't Even Jessie's like, what, I don't know what the fuck machine are you talking exactly. about? <laughs> like, uh, I'm kind of scared. Okay, go ahead. So... Around the time of the Mexican Revolution in the early 1900s, there was a... Can you be more specific on dates? uh, It doesn't say. doesn't say. Okay. Early 1900s? Like 1920s-ish? Earlier than that. Around... I'd have to look up when the Mexican Revolution was. Are we like 19-teens? Yeah. I think pre-World War I. Okay. So that's... Okay. So there was a large influx of Mexican immigrants into Louisiana and Texas, and they smoked... They referred to cannabis... Because that's where they wanted to end up. Hey, just go north. They started demonizing cannabis because of the mexican immigrants as a way to discriminate against the mexican oh. immigrants that makes perfect sense but what a horrendous horrendous thing to do and like there's so many cultural groups that have been hated throughout the years because of stupid shit like that well nixon's war on drugs was to target minorities and hippies yeah there's no question about that i mean it's too bad what's fascinating today though is how quickly legalization and stuff is happening well it's quickly happening it's a snowball now but it's taken a long time to get to this point true it's hit this point where it's like it's the point of no return you know like you have to move forward with it i wonder when like is the podcast usually this political i feel like we're, we're jumping into this politics. isn't really politics i mean okay let's talk about it i feel like the legalization of marijuana in general has taken a long time to hit this particular point but now everyone's just like racing to do it and it's like guys what took so long to get here well they forgot how much revenue could be generated from it there's that once, once Colorado's like, holy fucking cash cow, Batman, they're like, oh shit, we're just leaving all this money on the table and yeah, giving it to cartels. Two, yeah, right. But there's two cash cows here, right? There's the one which is like, hey, if we sell this, if we're drug dealers, we can make money off this. Surprise, motherfuckers. And the other side of it is like, well, what about all the people that are in jail? Remember, lots of people have gone to jail for having some marijuana on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, hell, that libertarian candidate was talking about said he would release anyone who was in an Illinois jail on a marijuana charge that was a nonviolent charge. I mean, every, that should be... But that's such that's a small... It's interesting, but shouldn't that be a federal thing? Shouldn't that be like a, a blanket statement across the nation? Not yeah, like but we're not going to see that under current administration. I don't believe so either. I think it's going to take some time before that change happens. But, you know... But if it can be decided on the state level legally, why not? It's true. If you're just with state charges... The governor should be able to excommunicate your, your sentence. Oh, I'm not saying legally they can't do it. I'm saying that there should be a much bigger movement over that. But that's a good point. You know, baby steps, start small, work to like bigger things. So I think we're going the right direction. The real question for me, I mean, the legalities of it to me are so much like less interesting than the medical um, implications. I want to know what medicine is going to come out of this. Well, once labs can actually start experimenting on it, who knows? Isn't that outrageous? They can't even play with well, it? Well, yeah, because this is a Schedule One drug. 
which says there is no medicinal use. The idea of a Schedule One drug is ridiculous. You know, I was on... Um, this is sort of a funny story. I, I will leave out business names. I was in uh, Los Angeles, and we, we'd ordered a pizza from a particularly famous pizza place. And uh, I ate the pizza... Whatever, but they didn't cook it enough. The center of the pizza just wasn't cooked enough. So, like, I was in like bacon and different meats and stuff on it. I guess some of it just wasn't fully cooked. Got some food poisoning, was not a good time. Oh. And I was in the bathroom experiencing the worst moments of my life. I mean, you know, you get food poisoning or you feel so sick and it's like a, you can feel it being like a really bad 48 hours. And you're like lying on the floor of the bathtub with water beating down on you as you cry, your, your deepest tears of blood. <laughs> That's what happened to me, obviously. I like that I just laughed at that. <laughs> That's what my relationship is like. That is how much love there is in this relationship. I thought Justin just got aroused by that. She did. She did. That's her favorite moment was when she saw me just on the floor. She laughed at my tears. No, did I she mean, just I, take your tears, lube herself up with them? You know, yeah. She didn't even have Just rub to. the beans. She was like, uh, why even? How did that's you actually, know? I, I know you. We've that. known each other a long time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and this also actually emphasizes a very important point, which is the best lubricant, no matter what you're doing, is tears. Yes. yes. Yeah. Blood being a close second. Dries quick. But uh, so just got to tear a new one. <laughs> yeah. is, is there another way? I didn't. I wasn't familiar with the other. Option. I mean, that's why like period sex is so great. It's all bloody, right? Oh yeah. I, what I have said this multiple times on this podcast. It's I really so enjoy great. it when it looks like I've murdered someone with my penis. Like from here to here, oh, I'm on yes. camera. From here to fucking here is covered in blood. It is amazing. I like that your left hand didn't go below your balls, like as if there was like some sort of tape line that you were stenciling <laughs> off. You're like, from here up, bloodbath. From here down, hospital room. Perfectly sanitary, not a drop on it. <laughs> it takes you, some skills to pull that off. You split the testicles in. There was a top and a bottom. It was like a Humpty Dumpty moment. You're like, this part fell off the wall. This part, don't touch. Completely clean. Leave them alone. How did the beans get above the frank? <laughs> There's some questions and mysteries in this world that are not meant to be solved. You're the magician. How does that happen? How does that happen? You know what? Even I don't know some secrets. Who knows? Jesse claims you know everything. What the fuck? You know who does know? Jim Beam. And there's no better way to enlightenment than Jim Beam bonded. Um, Till next week when we don't have this stuff. Yeah, can I, I get can't. sponsored by Jim Beam? I think that's what he's trying to do. I'm working towards exactly it. exactly what he's trying to do. If we throw enough shout outs, Jim Beam's got to be like, God, these guys worked so hard. We'll just hard. edit all the shout outs into one clip and just mail it to them. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we did a podcast. Jim Beam, Jim Beam, Jim bonded, bonded, Jim Beam bonded. Barrel, barrel, bonded. This is delicious. I actually do have a buddy who works in promotion for Jim Beam, so I could send it to him. Get a motherfucker on the phone. Be like, hey, asshole, <laughs> send me some liquor for Christ's sake. This isn't my first rodeo. Someone's got to lubricate my face. They can just keep sending me Maker's Mark, which is a Beam product. I'm sorry, is Maker's Mark sending you bottles instead of Jim Beam? Because that's the case. Well, no, Maker's Mark is a Jim Beam product. No, no I understand what you're saying. What I'm asking is, are you getting free Maker's Mark? I would just prefer that if I'm going to get free bean products. Because the smooth, crisp taste of Maker's Mark changes everything. <gasps> Jessie's actually worst. rolling her eyes at me right now, which is, which is the best. <laughs> no. I spend most of my life trolling her. That's my day-to-day. Yeah, that's, no, I would that's, that's uh, our prefer. relationship. He fucking trolls me all fucking day. And then, and then when I troll him, he, he gets really hurt. I think what she means by that is she trolls me and I destroy her with my verbal verbosity. Um, no, not really. With my linguistic talents. No. With my tongue gymnastics. No. With my ability to twist words in ways she's never experienced. No. This is what my relationship is like. It's a constant barrage of negativity from this little firecracker. Uh-huh. But you know who you Absolutely. can count on? No matter what, day or no. night? No. Jim Beam bonded. No. <laughs> I think the listeners do get the point. 
I really do. I hate you so much. There it is. That's my trolling callback. Jesse, do me a favor. Please stand, Mike. Huh? You're leaning away from the mic. When you speak, if you aim your face at the microphone, it can hear you. True story. Is this better? Much. No, not if you're turning your face. Just aim the fucking microphone at your face like a gun. I'm trying to see you. Don't, I'm not saying that anyone should aim a gun at their face. I'm just saying that generally speaking, as a pointer... That's generally, if you're going to use a gun to aim at someone's face, aim it at someone else's. Good point. <laughs> that is the first rule of safety in gun training. Aim at someone else's face. It always ends better. Well, for me. I think just in, that's just a life lesson. This has nothing to do with guns. Well, in real, in real gun safety... Never aim at your own face. It will always end poorly. <laughs> in real gun safety, if I were to pass you a firearm, actually, I should pass it with the barrel pointing towards me. Correct. Like you were handing a pair of scissors to me. The sharp point being the tip of the gun. Wait a minute. You don't just throw scissors to people? I do. Accurately. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. I have the best worst job in the, in the world sometimes. Like it's, it's so easy to make fun of. And sometimes people want to get like really heady about it and talk seriously about it. And that's fun. Jesse's adjusting her microphone again because we're still trying to figure out how this fucking thing works. I'm not. Point I'm the not. clown nose at your nose. She doesn't need this kind of direct. I know what I'm doing. She's flipping, <laughs> she's flipping me off right now, which also isn't true because there's a camera watching us and that's not happening. But she's doing it with her eyes. Hey, honey. Yes, sweetheart. Go fuck yourself. There it is. That's how we say we love each other. It's well, a one-way street, though. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Slayer, where I am doing couples counseling this week. I always drink. This is bullshit. I mean, I mean all of this out of love. Yeah, absolutely. We're about halfway down this bottle of Jim Beam. A little less than half, but I think I figure we can you're finish this third, You're about a third done. Yeah. I'm We're putting in work, third. ladies and gentlemen. We're putting in work. We're doing this for you. For me? No, not you. <laughs> Specifically you. The audience at home. <laughs> the royal you. Uh, okay. I Everyone didn't think you done. really wanted to enjoy watching us get trashed. I mean, sometimes, maybe. So Okay, so Jessie's opening her salon, and it's like she's got a hair salon. It's amazing. She... Cuts my hair. Exactly. You've been there when I've been there, when your hair's been cut. So we're hanging out in the salon, and she has this big accent wall. So I'm helping her put this whole thing together, which was actually kind of a lot of fun. Don't tell her that. I think you just did. I did. I know. She's, she's staring you at did. me with like those dreary eyes. It's just like. Okay. Just keep going. Mad. So at the salon, the night before, Jesse's like, hey, I need drinks for my opening party. <laughs> Jesse forgot one like crucial moment in her life, which was she doesn't fucking drink. But you know who does? Me. And me. I wasn't consulted. What the fuck, Jesse? One of us wasn't actually present. That was you. I wasn't (laughs) consulted. If I had been asked to be there for the opening and to provide beverages, I probably would have shown up with beverages. It was good, though. Like, Jesse's like, here, we need to, like, make the ratios for these drinks. We're trying to make up new drinks. And since Jesse's hair was so bright red, I was like, well, well, I just love blood orange. So she was like, we'll get a blood orange mixer. And then she got this whiskey that had, like, ghost peppers in it. So it was a little bit spicy. It's a black craft. Uh, ghost pepper whiskey also not sponsoring this podcast but thanks for mentioning the brand mm. so, <laughs> thanks for mentioning a direct competitor of one of my sponsors we can edit that out <laughs> what we weren't drinking was um, so Jesse pulls out this like these bottles because she got a whole case of it from them and she starts like she's like make some drinks with it so I start pouring drinks for myself I am wasted I went through a yeah, whole goddamn bottle of that stuff and it no, you just, went, like, you actually I wasn't, went through half of a bottle. I was not prepared for this. It just was not like what I had planned. And there's like six drinks in front of me. She's like, which one tastes the best? I'm going to drink all of them. Well, yeah. And you can't just like. You can't not drink all of them. Right. I'm not a monster. Who makes a beverage and just leaves it to collect dust? Jesse does. What? 
Did you just call Jessie a monster? No, I said she leaves drinks and she doesn't drink them. But you said, what kind of monster am I? I would drink them. Why would I ever do that? I just did, because I, you don't drink. I just inferred that you called Jesse a monster. Wow. Yeah. You're the worst on-air therapist ever. You're the worst Canadian ever. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, no, no. Come on. How can you call into question my Canadian-ness? Because you're there's not being 30 nice. There's million of us <laughs> not being nice. Like, you're Canadian. There's like a list of rules to being Canadian. Yes. Are, you, are you Canadian? That's no. I'm pretty sure Chris Benoit is the worst Canadian. Yeah, he made some really bad life I don't decisions. Know who that is. He was a professional wrestler who killed his wife and mentally handicapped child. He was an Olympian oh. first, and then he he yeah had like a night that he just went nuts and yeah, and then he killed himself. I hate using the term "went nuts" because it implies that he didn't have some sort of problem beforehand. It implies that like he just one day was like, ah, he fuck went, it, I'm just going. How about crazy. he went on a rampage? Even that's like a little bit too momentary. Like something was wrong with him before he well, went on that particular. The popular theory is. He probably was suffering from CTE. Okay. Which is brain trauma from multiple blows to the head that football players suffer from. You know, it's hard to... There's One of his signature moves was a headbutt off the top ropes. My degree is in like psychology and theater. I did like a few years of studying psychology. So when people bring up like diagnoses and stuff, I always kind of like wince a little bit. I mean, it's a theory. I'm not a doctor. Here's the other thing. Okay, it's easy to kind of look at this theory and go, yeah, but what about... By that theory, anyone potentially with that particular instance of injury should repeat offend in a violent way on a more repetitive basis. But the other thing that we're not considering, well, what, is about, what about all those people that aren't involved in violent jobs, who aren't trained to be violent, that have that injury, that don't do violent things? So the question, I guess, could also be very quickly shifted into, is it the actual injury causing the violence or was the person violent to begin with which is how you get into violent sports and that's becoming a question that this podcast should probably not be delving into so well gently you know we should be delving into what about what it boils down to is we don't really know jim beam bonded they're still (laughs) they are still looking into it shane is bonding with his jim beam i am trying my best to bond with this delicious glass of jim beam if we're going to you know, go away from Chris Benoit being the worst Canadian, maybe Robin Thicke? Robin Thicke. Is he the worst Canadian? That's a great question. Who's the? Let's take a step back because you're just throwing out random people. Who's the worst Canadian? Um, Justin Bieber? No, there's much worse. I mean, like we've got serial killers and stuff that were worse. Like Paul Bernardo. Was Are we going with worst Canadian list. celebrities? Because there is a list for that. Yeah, like, okay, now ooh, that's more yes. interesting. Worst Canadian celebrities. All right. Wait, you have to say who's the worst and who's the best. So according to therichest.com, there is a list of the top 10 worst Canadian celebrities. So wor- okay, yes. That's, okay, this is interesting. Who are we Number 10, about? Pamela Anderson. Why? What makes her so bad, though? Nothing, uh, I guess, because she's involved with PETA now. So I'll take uh, that answer. Fuck yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't think you can, you can't hold her accountable for that. That's like... You know, she's an endorser. She's a person that like did some stuff. And even if she's a PETA supporter, I don't think you can lump her into the same category as PETA as a whole. They just got too much like wacky shit going on to lump anyone into that. She doesn't work for them. She isn't like an employee. She just like did a couple of ads where she was posing in particular ways. Okay, who else you got? Number nine, Michael Sarah. What makes Aww. him a hero? Like, he's a great Canadian. He's like super sweet. There's been no allegations of any sort of sexual harassment, I believe. Give it a week. Give it a week. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I, I don't know. I feel like he's... I don't know. I feel like he's... He's the perfect blend he, of Canadian he's too, awkwardness. He's too wimpy. 
but it's not the point. I'm too scared. Number eight, Conrad Black. I have no clue who the fuck that is. Yeah, Conrad Black is kind of a horrible human being. He was um, the head of some huge corporations, and he kind of used his corporation as his own personal piggy bank. He defrauded investors, I believe, more or less. That could be incorrect, so I should not make statements like that. But Conrad, <laughs> there was a neat little story where like Conrad Black went to jail, and while he was in prison, like he didn't understand what he did wrong. Like he had, and he was super wealthy, like billionaire, or like multi-millionaire, many times over kind of wealth. He, he allegedly, according to this article, allegedly spent eighty million in company funds on himself. Yeah, business funds. That was like. Hmm. But remember, the the big point of contention was he he was like, "What the fuck? It's my money. What's the problem?" But the problem wasn't that it was his money because it wasn't right because his corporate- company went public, and as soon as you go public, other people own the company. So you even private, the- you can't just spend company funds like that. Well, you can just. No, you have to be creative with your. The funds have to be business related. So right. if he's traveling to a country for something, he has to justify it by business means. And most people have accountants that can do that. And that isn't like a – and again, I mean I should point this out. This isn't like a big stretch in the business world. If you have a business expense, it's a business expense. The right. company pays for it. But it's still money that has to go to pay towards it. Yeah, he like seriously racked up some bills and was like, what's the problem? Well, the problem is you have shareholders and some of that money is theirs. Whatever percentage of the company they own – you spent that as regular money. So right. he kind of got in some trouble for that. Not a good day for Conrad Black. Not at all. Now, what's more interesting is Conrad Black went to jail and it was like, okay, well, to reduce his sentence, you can have like good behavior. I think he offered to teach business classes in prison. So these prisoners were getting like a business class from like, I guess you could sort of call it like a Canadian Bill Gates of sorts or like a huge business mogul went to jail for his crime and then taught people business while he was there. You could not go to Harvard and get this education from someone running a huge Fortune 500 company in the same way. So it was, it's kind of like remarkable. Like you could get a better education in prison in Canada if if you go at the right time. Then you can in all of America. Kind of all of the world. Yeah. Like, where Are you, you a Canadian supremacist, sir? I don't know. Am I a Canadian supremacist? I don't think so. I'm just a big fan of the syrup. <laughs> we have two varieties of maple syrup in our in our home in Los Angeles. In our home, in Jesse's place in Los Angeles, she keeps no less than two maple syrups. A can, which is how we do it in Canada. I brought her cans of maple syrup from Montreal, which is where the bestest of maple syrups come from. The bestest. The bestest. And then mm, we got like a t- tree blood. Yeah, tree blood. Oh, it's the best. It's so good. And then we've got a big bottle of I think it's Vermont. Which is the number one in America. Fuck no. Uh, yeah, you guys have a good thing going, but it's not like the Canadian maples. I mean, we've got a whole other thing. I've never tried it. We built a culture around it. We actually have like... I mean, well, it's on I your really, flag. Like, yeah, I really, exactly. I really, really, really like the Sheen Cobalt uh, syrup from his maple tree. True story. She taps it frequently. Yes. <laughs> but on bump Why was that? that was, there's no joke there. Sometimes her friends... I mean, it's whatever, all... Yeah. There's yeah. no limits apparently. Jesse is the best maple tree Canadian sap tapper <laughs> I've ever met. I'm a in my sap life. tapper. So right. number seven. Yes. Avril Lavigne. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she is a horrible Canadian. Yeah. Number six, Nickelback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even worse. Why, like how, why are they so hot? Why are they so like, low on this? List? I don't know. Let's go on to number five. Because Nickelback and Avril Lavigne are connected. Holy shit. This is going to upset some people. Who do you got? Number five, William Shatner. What's wrong with the Shatner? Yeah. Overconfident, arrogant, and swarmy. Maybe some of the words that come to your mind when you think of William Shatner, and arrogant, you would not be alone. Swarmy. I think you know. He's a miscongeniality. But William Shatner is the Canadian Christopher Walken. 
if you're gonna hate on somebody, like he has a unique thing going. He's got it's a little odd. We get it. He had some sweet headshots when he was younger. Sure, he didn't look like Charlotte Johansson, but Charlotte Scarlett Johansson when he was younger. I don't know who Charlotte Johansson is, but if you're a porn star and you want a great <laughs> name, Charlotte. Jo- Where's Charlotte? Charlotte needs to change her name for some alternative stuff to Charlotte Johansson. She's in Prague right now. <laughs> she's yeah. probably working. No, she definitely is in Prague working right yeah. now. Oh, Ralph. Yeah, wow. she's she's in Prague. Shout out to Charlotte and all of her hard work in Prague. <laughs> Number four, Robin Thicke. Yeah, Robin Thicke fucked up. Big. What did he do? Well, one, he was Robin Thicke's. Oh, Robin Alan. Thicke. Thicke. So it was Alan Thicke's son. Yep. That was not the mess up. That was like his big like. Because Alan Thicke is nowhere on this list. Of course he's not because Alan Thicke was a baller. Alan Thicke is like, wait, did did Alan Thicke pass away? Yeah, Alan Thicke passed away playing hockey with his son. Isn't that the sweetest Canadian moment? And And the best part is he probably died because he didn't want to bother anyone as he was going down. Are you kidding me? He was probably in net and his son was like, Dad, I want to practice slap shots. And he's like, you know what, son? I have no equipment. Here's a real puck. Go ahead. Shoot it, Daddy. <laughs> well, he had a heart attack on the ice. Yeah, because he got hit with a puck. If you got hit with a puck, you'd have a heart attack, too. You know what else would give me a heart attack? Makes my heart go pitter-patter? I have no idea. I would assume Jesse. Jim Beam bonded. But after that, Jesse Lee. Before that, yeah. Jesse Lee. <clears throat> but, you know, I, like, we, no, I'm not going to talk. Honestly, I'll, that's... I'll allude to it. Every day, I tell Jesse one thing, the same thing every day. Every day. There's one particular part of the day. It's the best part of my day. I tell her it's the best part of my day. And then she laughs. And then we get in bed together. And we watch Stranger Things. Yes. Again. You guys haven't gotten through it all already? Are you kidding? We have. I mean, I did. What the? I'm like, you can't see it. I'm like throwing (laughs) my hand to Jesse where I'm like, tell a story about how much Stranger Things we're watching. And how nothing, nothing. She gives you nothing. (laughs) So number three. Yeah, keep going. Sinead Grimes. I don't even who? know who that is. Am I a bad Canadian? How old are they? Are they like... She was on the Degrassi in the next generation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who this person is. I watched some Degrassi, but I wasn't like hardcore about it. I'm a bad Canadian. Number two, Justin Bieber. Yes. No, you can't like break Bieber. Look, we sent Bieber to Canada to become... It's sent. He was born in Canada. Where he became good at what yeah, he did. And then, then and America then came in and was like, we should take this one. I'd give him Lamborghinis. You, yeah, you get, I mean, like, the best part was, remember when Bieber did his, like, his roast? And after the roast, he came up to it, like, this, the microphone and whatever, like, he found God, and I'm sure he did. But he was like, this is what <laughs> he found happens. God, he found God like John Jones found God. He found God behind a hundred million dollar check. He's like, oh, there he is. And he said that in his whole thing. He was like, this is what happens when you give a kid a hundred million dollars. And I I mean, like, I've fathomed a hundred million dollars. Like, I can imagine what that's like. I've never been given so much money to spend or had so much money to spend. I didn't know what to spend it on. I've never been lost for, like, what to buy. He had so much money. There must have been days when he was like, oh, now what do I get? You could go the Charlie Sheen route and just get $50,000 a night hookers. Charlie Sheen got AIDS. You can literally buy Brie Olsen. And a couple other people. Allegedly. She was like a living girlfriend. She would be a fascinating interview. I would love to know the inner details of the transactional nature of it. Like, what was the. I've actually done a little like uh, warehouse convention thing with her. Was she cool? She seems super cool. She's really cool. She She seems very cool. Very sweet. Yeah, it sucks that she regrets like 
her life choices at this point. Like she's come out publicly and said that like, cause she moved back to Indiana and she can't settle back into civilian life. Is that life. the choice that she regrets? Because if it is, I totally understand. Well, she regrets the, the porn life and stuff. The like porn she, life and stuff because she can't settle back into a real life. Well, she's still she's still like selling stuff through her website. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of decision is sort of one that is taken a little bit lightly by a lot of people. Like, there's certain like no return decisions you make in life, and that's certainly one of them. You know, putting yourself no, out there. And I wholly agree. Any female friend of mine who comes in like, "Hey, Matt, I'm thinking about getting into the biz." I'm like, I give them every possible pitfall I can think Hold of. Hold on a second. This is fascinating. So, okay, pretend that I'm like a young starlet. Give me Matt. As he whips his hair around. He does have the longest hair in the room. I was just going to say, I do have the longest hair here. Visible. I, need, I have I the know, longest I visible hair here. I cut his hair. I need to cut it shorter. What? No, it's good. I like my hair. It's a little mullety <laughs> at the back, though. At least I could be a little bit trimmed up. Uh-huh. That was not where we were going with this conversation. Anyway, anyway Matt, go ahead. As an aspiring porn starlet, what is your advice to me? I'm, um, how old am I? I'm 17. I'm not legal yet. So, like, you're giving me advice before. No. I am not talking to you. No, you're... Okay, so you just turned 18 last week. Thanks, Jesse. I just turned 18. So, yeah, you don't so, want to make Jesse so my, a criminal so my, here. So, so my, that's my not friend, criminal. I'm thinking, my well, friend, no, if you were 17. Future, that's not criminal. If future business my advice. My friend, Shania. No, I mean, Jesse's banging Shania. you. Shania. Did you just call me Shania? You that's are a Canadian. Really good Canadian reference, by the way, with my name. You're the first person to make fun of me by my name with a Canadian re- Shania. <laughs> Yeah, fucking Jesse Lee just won. <laughs> but a boss. What do you mean, but a boss? So, it's like a head so Matt, So my friend, my friend Shania from from Toronto, Canada. Can you give me a new fucking city from Saskatchewan? <laughs> from Vancouver. Jesse was like, Saskatchewan friend, sounds way too complicated. My friend, my Calgary, Shania. Alberta, Canada, Yukon. Two <laughs> syllables, no problems. Okay, so your my, friend my Shania friend, from Yukon. <laughs> Yes, he can't even keep the straight face. She's like, there's no one that lives in Yukon. There's like five people and mooses. Yukon's the shit, yo. I want to so go to Yukon. Shout out to Tim can we, can we, can we do and this? Marin and Yukon Gold. Yeah, we can do this. So they Shania. Shania. Yes. So why do you, you want to... if I speak with my Jim Beam voice? Shania, why do you want to get into porn? Uh, I don't Shania, have... your balls just dropped. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Dude. I actually don't have an answer to that. That's a great question. What's the common answer for that? If people are like, why do you get into porn? What's the response? Because I like want to be famous. Yeah. Is that the real answer? Is that like a common? Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing. There's a lot of different answers. Some... I really like having sex. I'm gonna get paid of sex. I want to get paid to have sex. That before I, really I want to have. Myself. I want to express myself. That's a common one, right? I mean, is the that way the way I to do the, it? The way I got into porn, I was. I was modeling, and then I did a bunch of like um, like alternative girls with tattoos types websites, just like modeling like photos. Can we go back to Matt's reason? Because I think that's like. Fa- and then I want to express myself. And then myself. I did a burning angel, and then I just I was like watching trailers, like I want to do that. So I just Jonah booked me from my first scene in two thousand seven, September two thousand seven, and here I am today. Not doing wow. porn. Not doing porn anymore. It's a Christmas miracle. Yes. True. Complete out. Okay. So, but so you you. But why did you go into? What was your motivation originally? Was it like financial? Was it, it was just, fame? It was, just, was it? No. It was just the steps. I mean, it was just what happened. It was like I a natural mo- progression. I started modeling. So okay, that makes sense. I started modeling normal photos. And That's kind of cool nude, though. Like, like you gently got into it, and you didn't have any preconceived notions. It wasn't like before you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm, you weren't making like a huge plunge. I presume everyone makes a mm-hmm. huge plunge going into pornography, but it wasn't like a thing where you're like. 
I'm doing this. I feel like Whether a lot my of family girls, likes it or not. I feel like a lot of the girls who do who do like the huge plunge, like they're like, oh my God, I've never done this before. And then they do it's like a lot of escapism, though. 500 videos in like six months or something. Those are the girls who like only like last like a year or two. There's a lot of escapism, though, is there not? Like I want to get away from something else. Like in a know, lot of cases, yeah. Yeah. The Brie Olsen thing actually sounds remarkably sad because I don't think anyone should have to live their life truly regretting everything or a significant portion of what they've done. Well, it sucks, and but it also shows an extreme lack of forethought on her part. I'm not sure if that's fair to put that blame on her, though. I don't think that her forethought was... How long was she in the industry for? Years. And that's what I'm so saying. So like, many years. But how old when she got into it? How do you put that kind of responsibility on someone that's well, new to the industry? Well, and this is why, as any female friend who comes to me goes, Matt, I want to get into porn. I go, okay, first and foremost. Grandma's going to see it. Do you Are you okay with that? Grandma, the guy you lost your virginity to. Yeah. Anyone you know on a personal level is going to see this. And not only are they going to see this, it is going to be there forever. Yeah, it will haunt you in they're going to. They're going to... Guys that you haven't talked to since high school, like you literally... Guys you dated in high school are going to message you... Come out of the woodwork. You, ...and tell you like, hey, guess what I just watched? Mm. Or like guys will just come out of nowhere and those like guys that were just like guy friends of mine. Like guys who I thought were just friends. Like those like... DM me on Instagram be like hey so I was watching your porn I'm like what are you doing that's creepy yeah but well because just, but the problem like is underground world. there's like a basement I mean, in it's, society it's where as it's, soon as you walk in the front door people just assume it's all like, like not taboo well like the thing is like with me like it's different if it's like a stranger telling me that it's like alright that's fine whatever but when it's like someone that you know and like they know like as an entertainer they, do you they go know into you, entertainer like, mode they know like they know like they know personal shit about you like I feel like part of the problem is high school and stuff like that. I think part of the problem is a lot of dudes, because they've seen you naked, they've seen you have sex, and that's in their mind an intimate act. They kind of don't connect the dots properly, and they feel that they've been intimate with you because they've masturbated to you while you're doing what they consider an intimate act. But a lot of these guys. They haven't I mean, actually watched your video. They've watched fucking trailers or like the, sh- the free shit online that are right. Like but that's still watching you have videos. sex. But I think what you're kind yeah. of missing is that there's so mm-hmm. many sensory moments in that mm-hmm. experience for them, and that they become obsessed. You know, like they find one person potentially, or they have one particular genre, or there's one thing that they particularly enjoy. Uh, they they polarize it, and then they obsess about it. You know, and in their mind, you two have been intimate together. So why I, not say well, something? That's a bit extreme. I think in their minds, they know you better than they think they do. So, like, I used to write well, a that, blog. Well, that, that's a level of intimacy. Yeah, for sure it is. I mean, like, I used to write a blog, and by no means are we comparing the porn industry to writing a blog. But one thing that always I don't know. What me, kind of blog was it? Strictly sexual. Um, <laughs> it's all about, like, magic and stuff. But what made it so interesting was that magic I had sexual. people that would come up to me. Naked magic. It was, it was always naked. I always wrote my blog naked, if anyone was wondering. Dude, it must be new. very impressive to get stuff Slide appear up, up from under dress. your sleeve when you're naked. It's more impressive when I'm typing without my hands. Just saying. There's no bumching required. I saw you go for it. You're like, your lips purse. You're like, mm. no, no, I mean, too many times this episode. True story. I've hit my limit. But you know, we haven't heard too many times about the sweet smooth. Sweet smooth. The what? The sweet the smooth. What? Yeah. Sweet smooth. Have some more beam. Jim Beam Blended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think you've had enough. I don't think you've had enough. Not even close. This bottle's still got a lid. So, you know what I learned? That's a Scottish thing. They'll crack a bottle of whiskey and then they'll break the lid or throw it in the garbage. You gotta finish the bottle. Well, good on them. Too bad they drink scotch. It's the same as 
Okay. Anyways. No, 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 no. Scotch is not the same thing as bourbon. You're correct. Because Scotch can be called Scotch if it's made from like in Scotland, where whiskey can be made pretty much anywhere. Rye must be Canadian, and bourbon. Rye does not have to be Canadian. Rye does not have to be Canadian. You look up your shit, sir. I will put money on that. I know many an American rye. The thing that bothered me the most, though, was um, with my with my blog, it was interesting. I would write every single day, and that was potentially a mistake on my part, but I don't think it was erroneous. I just think it was it was a little bit, um, it was more of a challenge for me. I enjoyed writing every day. But the problem came, uh, people would walk up to me and start conversations as if we were talking, like ongoing. I've never met these people, and they'd be like, hey, so... And what I realized they were doing, and this was really baffling, was because I wrote so frequently multiple times each week, people would visit the blog once a week and read everything. And then whatever was the most interesting to them, I think, they would start talking to me as if we, we had a conversation about it. And that was so shocking to me because as soon as I finished writing, I had no idea what I'd written. I wrote, I did it, it was part of my day, and I would go off and do other things because I had other things to do that day. You don't like edit it? Uh, yeah, I'd edit it. But I mean, once I was done doing that process, I was done. I wasn't thinking about that anymore. That particular part was done. So people would come up to me with a topic I wrote about four days ago and just start talking as if they had read halfway through the blog. And I'm like, hold on, what are you talking about? And they'd have to remind me what I wrote because I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no point here where I could jump in and be like, oh yeah, of course, that thing. But the other thing that was really neat was they were, they were forming their own original ideas around my ideas that I was not remembering or familiar with. So I was like, that's really interesting. Where did you hear that? Like, oh, you're, you wrote about it on your blog. I was like, oh, yeah, I did write about Tell me more. <laughs> and then we'd have these neat conversations. But, uh, but that was terrifying. That was weird that people kind of knew about stuff or talked to me in a way. And I was like, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what you're talking about. So according to Wikipedia... Okay. Canadian whiskey is often referred to as rye whiskey. Right. But However, it, is, it is not always. Not all rye whiskey comes from Canada. Oh, okay. Well, what does it say? So, rye whiskey was historically prevalent in the whiskey of the Northeast states, including especially Pennsylvania and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh was the center of rye whiskey production in the late 1700s and 1800s. So... That's the 17 and 1800s. We're in the 19s and 2000s. Then what happened? So really these days, the biggest producer of rye whiskey is MG, MGP of Indiana. Indiana. Okay. That's so Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Lawrenceburg? Yeah. Where, where's Canada on that list? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out here. It's like, <laughs> well, where, so, where's the rye? So Lawrenceburg, here? Indiana okay. is okay. a huge factory still of rye. A lot of the large rye brands relabel an M- MGP brand and distributors their own Templeton's. So they're like a white label rye. You can just come and slap your label on it and off you go. That's interesting. So, I mean, they do do different mashes and there's definitely differences. You know what's funny? You just reminded me of like one of the most remarkable Canadian stories. You want to hear the most like Canadian crime? Oh, for a second there, I thought you were about to say, you remind me of one of the most remarkable Canadians, Matt. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're like, is this a Nickelback joke? Because I'm not interested in a Nickelback joke right now. I'm not. It isn't. It's an Avril Lavigne joke. You remind me of Avril. I think it's... I'm going to go touch myself to that. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> I'd hit that so hard. Well, you're like the craziest... He's, he's, saying, he's saying that you remind him of a skater boy. You said see, see you later. If we keep doing this, someone's going to get sued. I'm not prepared for that. So uh, the best It's a Canadian parody. It's okay. Cra- well, yeah, we hope. 
the best Canadian crime ever. You ready for this? Yes. You may not realize this, but there's like a maple syrup cartel in Canada. What? I, there's, I mean, I presume the world. This maple syrup cartel, okay, is so hardcore, they keep stockpiles of maple syrup in storage just in case some shit hits the maple trees one year and just devastates. Or like America takes over. Or America decides that maple syrup is their next big thing. If the Oprah effect hit maple syrup, we'd be screwed. So, they have stockpiles of this stuff. And it's literally maple syrup in like ginormous barrels, okay? So, this guy finds out that where a bunch of this stuff is being held, like where it's being stored. He goes to the same storage facility. He gets a storage unit beside the maple syrup thing. Now, to keep in mind how vulnerable this syrup potentially is, it's, it's just like chain link fences between the storage areas. So it's presumed that whatever you're putting in there for storage can't fit through a chain link fence. Well, maple syrup can with a hose. So this guy, like for six months, pulls up and has his own storage facility, his own storage unit beside the maple syrup. He reaches through the fence, opens up the lids and siphons out millions of dollars worth of maple syrup. And they didn't find out about it for ages. Someone stole millions of dollars of maple syrup. Now, this gets more interesting, and Matt, I can see you ready to speak. Before you do, I want you to know this syrup ended up on the maple syrup black market. There's a fucking black market for maple syrup. Okay, one, how come no one's invited me to this market for at least a a quick look around? And two, there's a black market for maple syrup. Do you know how amazing that is? <laughs> That's how badass Canada is. We That's a, pretty ridiculous. We have a black market for syrup. No, sorry. I just, when you talked about him running a host of the maple syrup, I had a visual of him siphoning maple syrup like you siphon gaffs. Like, you're like sucking it Sucking first. it into another bottle. Why would you? You'd wait till like it filled your mouth. You'd be like, oh, I love this shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like siphon, 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 <laughs> spitting maple syrup into the jar and then letting it go. Like, come on, tell me that's not a hilarious No visual. one's spitting out the syrup into the jar. That's like the, that's the payment for causing the siphon to start working. Hey, could be diabetic. <laughs> could be diabetic. I think if you've got like a diabetic siphoner, you fucked up your plan. Dude, unless unless you're trying to kill that motherfucker, he can't tell on you if it's he's like dead. It's like you and your one buddy in like, I don't know, a situation that he can't steal maple syrup. Like, dude, we need one more person. Let's get diabetic Dave. Are you sure Diabetic Dave is the right person for the siphoning job? Yeah, that motherfucker will do anything. I'll call him up. And he's the guy that shows up. <laughs> Dave's reliable. What the fuck? Dave's like, fucking slid. <laughs> I'm going to siphon the shit out of this syrup. No, these guys stole millions of dollars of maple syrup. Now, at first, you kind of go... In my head, I was kind of like gently nodding, being like, yeah, those guys are like the Robin Hoods of the maple tree. Steal from the rich, give to the poor. But then you kind of go, what the fuck do you do with $4 million worth of maples? Where do you keep it in the meantime? You start rolling up to diners and be like, so you want to buy some maple syrup? I would be like going to Mel's or something and looking back and forth like, you motherfuckers do real maple? Because I got <laughs> all the maple sugar you can imagine. Mm. So why haven't the Canadians invented a car that runs on maple syrup yet? Who says we haven't? I was asking. <laughs> that technology is not meant to be public. Look, we made some real cool shit. Then America comes in and is like, no, no, you can't have any of that. Did you know we had like a Canadian-American North Korea before? Oh, yeah. There's plans to invade. It was called, No, don't invade. It was called the Avro Arrow. Canada made this incredible plane that was way beyond its time in technology. 
I'm actually making these historical facts up. I don't know if America was like, stop making this thing. But for whatever reason, governments came in and interjected and were like, Canada, you're not allowed to have technology this badass, you badasses. Here, we'll give you an illegal Those maple syrup cartel. Those are quotes. Exact quotes. Google it. You're going to have your mind blown. If you Avro Arrow, A-V-R-O, Canada was forced to literally fly this thing. They didn't fly it. They probably pushed off of the end of a boat. But they were forced to put this plane, this amazing like jet fighter, into the Lake of Ontario. That's not a real way to describe it. But into Lake Ontario, into one of the Great Lakes. Lake of Ontario. Lake of Ontario. Canada had to get rid of its finest <clears throat> flying weapon because other people were like, no, no, Canada can't have that kind of technology. We better bury it at sea. Put it in Lake Ontario. Did it shoot hockey pucks? Stealth hockey pucks. Not trying to brag, but we got... We, Look, Stacy's mom's not the only one that knows what's going on, okay? She's got it going on. Canada's got it going on. The maple syrup cartel definitely has got it going on. So I feel like we totally got sidetracked on me talking you out of porn, Shana. Yeah, what about that? You know, let's go back to it. Brie Olson comes back and she says, I regret doing all this stuff. I mean, Pamela Anderson came out and said similar things, sort of. I'm sure Pamela regrets getting hepatitis. We all regret Pamela getting hepatitis, but I think she was... I don't know. Tommy fucking gave it to her pretty good. Did he? Was he the one that gave it to her? Oh, yeah. The hepatitis. Yeah. Allegedly, I mean... Like, we don't know if that's true. Let's not talk about allegations which don't have a a proper backbone to stand upon. I mean, there's a wishbone or something. There's a wishbone. There was a bone. That's for God. Oh, yeah. He stirred a boat with it. Yeah, that's true. He did. He honked the horn. I've heard... You've never seen <laughs> I've been it? Told. Of course I've seen it. You can't even, I had a tape since when I was like 12 years old. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, yeah, so we do not support minors watching pornography. <laughs> Which I did not do. I watched home videos. Yeah. Um, but the, the point is, it's I didn't know what porn was when I was 12. I had no idea what it was when I was 12. Yeah, sure you didn't. The fact that Brie Olsen comes back after a career and is like, I really regret doing all this stuff is really sad because I wish that she would... I mean, I'm not in a position to tell her what she should or shouldn't do with her feelings, but it would be, I presume, see how politically correct I'm getting? When you sign a waiver, all of your verbal anything becomes very legally. Um, No, I presume that if she looked at it as more of an embracing moment, I mean, I don't see where the regret should really come from. I feel like that regret potentially, I'm not judging, I don't know where her head is, but I feel like that regret comes more from other people than it does from you as a person, you know? It's... I feel like but the regret's coming why? from how it's negatively impacting her life now. I think I think it's not it's not how she views it. I think it's how people view her. That's what it is. Well, the problem is it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Being a sex worker, working in porn is not a protected class. It's so not. So your future employers, especially in an at-will state, can just terminate you because you did porn. That's true. A free at-will state is probably one of the most remarkably oppressive laws I've ever seen. You work even, for me, I can fire like you for banks, any reason even whatsoever. Like, even, what? like, even like banks will like not do business with you because of porn. They won't. Like a lot of, really? Yeah, a lot of like... Oh, I've seen that where certain banks will not allow you to process like, payments because it like has some sort if, of pornographic If certain people were like cam girls forever, I think it's like you can't do PayPal, you can't do this, can't do that because they, like, they don't support adult content. Right. Well, and the problem That's is... silly. The problem there is... It's a a morality issue for the bank. B, potential but legal hold on issue. A second, just wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to the moral issue. Just out of curiosity, at what point did my bank decide to get into more of my business? 
they literally impact every other aspect of my business. If I'm employed, my check well, has to be cashed to the bank. If I want a loan, the yeah, bank has to it's approve them doing giving business me money. With sex workers. Right. I think you're thing. missing my point, which is they're involved in so many aspects. You know what? How come they don't tell credit card companies that they can't be issued and used at pornographic websites? In other words, the morality is one-sided. If you're a business and you have more finances coming in or people are spending money on you in a different way, that's totally fine. But I, is, it, is it a legal basis, though? I feel there like is a legal a basis because basis. the problem is, is it in America, pornography is only legal to be created in two states. Okay, which is fine. But we're so, not talking about the creation. We're talking about the consumption of. Right. But if you're profiting from pornography, the bank doesn't want the hassle to prove that you created it in one of the two states where it's legal. Yeah. Okay, so I mean the question it, really becomes... It's not, it, not even like the two states it's legal. It's like the two areas in those states that it's legal. Well, like, technically it is you, legal ca- all of California. It's just not really created in all of California. Yeah. Right, because there's other legalities that have come into it, different laws that have changed well, how just, people want to shoot. If you move out to fucking bumfuck nowhere California, you have no one to shoot. <laughs> That's funny. That's it becomes a day trip, then they start sending buses. Well, yeah, but because if the you bus move will to come get you around twelve thirty-five, if you move to fucking Fresno, how many models do you have to shoot in Fresno? Dude, I actually did live That's in true. Fresno for a short time, and by live, I mean spend time there. It sounds like it was against your will. It was not against my will. My friend has like <laughs> a has a second house in Fresno, and I was in a bit of a bind. And he was like, "Hey, I've got a place in Fresno. If you want to stay there," and I'm like, "You know what?" That'd be a fun place to get away from everything. And it was. I did get away from everything. Yeah, not many porn. Not much porn is actually filmed out there. Right, because but you there's can no one say there that filming about it. most places. Most places aren't like having some active porn industry just knocking out videos left and right. I presume. But it's you know who's knocking things out left and right? Jim Beam, blended. <laughs> yeah. But. So the banks don't want to deal with the hassle of having to prove that you create pornography in a. Is that a federal thing, though? Is it like federal law does not... No, it's state by state. So, so Cal- but California, make it's... that a problem? Like, if, if it's legal in your state, shouldn't your financial, instit- in financial institutions have mechanisms available to but, allow you but to... But not everyone who films porn lives in California or lives in one of the legal states. Oh, I see. So the issue is yeah. someone traveling yeah, to a different I, state. Yeah, when I first started filming, I lived in New York City. Okay, but isn't that just like in basic our... economics of a country? Certain things are not legal in certain places that are... Look, in... Colorado, I can go buy some marijuana, for example, right now. Does that mean that my bank, because I'm from, let's say, New York, will not allow the, the yeah, payment actually. to go through? Well, no. If I use my credit card to buy, I'm just making stuff up. Let's say I go buy a pound of weed. Yes, your credit card will let you pay for it. But on the flip side, that bank will not take that deposit. from the, Isn't the that sponsor. madness? I can spend my money on it, but I can't accept the money. So where does the money go? They just keep oh, it in limbo? A lot of dispensaries are... Heavy cash businesses. So hold on. So wait, wait. Hold on. Let's go back to that. So let me get this straight. So cash can go out of my account. Yeah. But cash will not go into someone else's. Correct. So you're telling me the banks have basically found a way to take my money and not give it to the person I'm supposed to give it to. Well, and in a lot of the marijuana businesses, they don't accept credit cards. But wait, wait. Aren't we missing the big point here? Oh, they don't accept credit cards. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, that's fair. They're cash-only businesses because... But doesn't that still find the fatal flaw? What if they do accept credit cards? The bank just won't process it? Well, so what will happen is... Does my money get returned? A lot of the dispensaries, that, if they're able to bank, will set up businesses under an assumed name that has nothing to do with marijuana. Of course. So they're just fooling them with a name. Which right. Is- and once the bank catches on, they will close their account, freeze their funds. That's why 
the marijuana business is super fucked up. I was looking into finding a way to help the marijuana business bank in California at one point. How would you do that? Um, acting as a third party. Hmm. You say how or Sorry, did you say how or why? I said how. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Just dropping another ginormous ice cube. Literally, they're perfect cubes of ice into our delightful... Yes, the King Cube. It is a rad, rad invention. And it's currently mixing with our Jim Beam blended 100 proof. So a lot of the major banks feel the same way about pornography because what you call pornography, in their mind, may be prostitution. Yeah. Which is illegal. Yeah, that's just the way they see it. Is they prostitution see- illegal or is it solicitation? No, prostitution is illegal. Is it? The actual act of prostitution mm-hmm. is illegal? Yes, except that's in Nevada. Nevada is the only state where prostitution is legal, and it's only legal in brothels, and those brothels are only legal in rural counties. In particular parts. Everyone thinks that like, Vegas is legal, and it's not. No, not at all. you got to go out of town for that shit. you got to go to Pahrump. Pahrump, pump, pump. That's a Christmas special, <laughs> actually, at the, uh, hey, the, you the get Moonlight your- Bunny Ranch. It's the Pahrump, pump, pump. The Pahrump, pump, pump, pump. Where you get <laughs> to pump a rump. Yeah, they have a, like prostitution is legal at all the ranches. Yeah, and none of well, them. Well, yeah, obviously, but you legally like, can't have a ranch. Those are like out of town. Any county that has a population over ten thousand can't have prostitution. Now that's fascinating to me. Now, why would it depend on the number of citizens, people within a particular county or I don't know place? Maybe they feel it's a health risk to have a brothel in a you know, major metropolitan area. That still doesn't make sense to me. Isn't that just like discriminating against smaller groups or just saying that if you live in a small area that this is your only... Having prostitution still be illegal in this day and age doesn't make sense. A lot of things don't make sense. I mean... We know prostitution happens in every major metropolitan area, right? Go to Pompeii. Yes. The whole city. I promise. If you go do a tour of Pompeii, tell me what part you remember. Mount Vesuvius? Uh, right after Mount Vesuvius is the brothel, which is what you'll remember. It's fascinating. No, it's the oldest profession for a reason. There's a really funny magic book written called The Second Oldest Profession in the World, implying that right after prostitution, deception was the next thing to happen. Oh, I'm pretty sure deception happened before prostitution. I'm pretty sure the prostitutes were very well skilled in the art of deception. Well, yeah, yeah, they had to convince you that they were into you. I was thinking more like they had to be put together in such a way. I mean, that I know were... all about that. Strip clubs. Right. The, the whole point of a strip so club is selling. You can mail your money. What? Your whole point of a strip club is selling a fantasy. Yes. It's selling like, hey, dude, I'm into you one song at a time. Why are you making exactly eye like contact with me when you say that? <laughs> well, like, Jesse is stunningly beautiful all the time, which is kind of like, like my. Yeah, but it'd be really weird for me to look at Jesse <laughs> in the eye and be like, hey, dude. It'd be a lot weirder for you to look at me like you just did. I actually find it very, very entertaining. Great. I'm glad Jesse's entertained. <laughs> I'm hoping the audience okay. at home is entertained, too. How could they not be? We'll find out when the reviews come out. You get reviewed? Yeah. In this day and age, <laughs> there was no reason prostitution shouldn't be legal. Amsterdam is not burned to the ground. But there's a lot of social things like that where the legalities of it are much more... It's because we're fucking puritanical. Well, prostitution's legal in Canada. N- no, is it, it isn't. In Windsor and hotels. Go Google that shit. 
our big law thing was like prostitution. I mean, one could argue, I think like prostitution is legal. It's not the act of prostitution that's illegal. It's a solicitation. The actual well, request. in the massage parlors. No, period. The act of solicitation is illegal. You don't go to jail for prostitution. You go to jail for soliciting or solicitation. But I could be wrong. So current laws in, on prostitution can introduced in 2014 make it illegal to purchase sexual services but legal to sell them. Right. So that's very similar to what Sweden has, which is that the prostitute is not the person that should be arrested or charged. It's, it's the, the person pursuing the sexual acts that should be looked at in a negative light. Interesting. And in that regard, I can understand where it's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with that as an overall policy. Um, I think Amsterdam has something going for it. Amps- I think it was Amsterdam or maybe it was one of... You know what? I don't want to make a, a false statement towards a particular country. Um, but... There's a whole article of the history of prostitution in Canada. <laughs> Surprising nobody. There was, um, there was a country that said that sex is a basic right. Well, it is. Is that a personal opinion? or? Oh, yeah, 100% is a personal opinion. If I ever go to prison, I'm going to hire a lawyer because America is... I promise is- you, if you go to prison, someone's going to have sex with you. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no one is going to have sex with me. But, but I mean, just the fact that we're talking about rights and going to prison, you know that when you go to prison, you lose some of your rights. You do. Okay. But America states that you should not be subjected to cruel and unusual punishment. Hmm. And I will ha- happily hire a lawyer to argue the lack of sex is cruel. That's a really strong, easy argument. <laughs> if you look it up, though, if you go like Google it, though, there is a particular instance where... I want to say either a Scandinavian country or maybe it was Holland actually declared that sex was a basic human need and, and right. And I think it was certain that that particular country would pay for you to go visit a prostitute. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Holland. I honestly, while we were in Amsterdam, we were kicking this around. Could you imagine like coming of age in Amsterdam where prostitution is a tram right away? Can we talk about the fact that in Amsterdam, sex is legal, like guns are legal in America. Yeah. You, you can buy sex in Amsterdam like people buy guns in America. Well, the slight you difference know how is... how crazy that is? The slight difference is once your 15 minutes are up, they don't take your gun away. True, and there's no tests involved. Actually, that applies to both, so that's cool. Oh, no, you know what the difference is? In like Prague, for example, in, Prague, sorry, in, uh, in Amsterdam, for example, you have to wear a bulletproof vest... But in America, you can buy a gun and everyone around you does not have to wear a bulletproof vest. No protections required. Yeah, I think this is a bad analogy. I think it's actually a pretty phenomenal analogy, which found, I thought it was, you had to use condoms when you're in Amsterdam. You definitely do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've been told. I did not actually partake. If you're buying a gun, though, you don't no protection required. I mean, you could presume that the gun is the protection, but that's kind of messed up. What? About... Big proponent of mandatory training with firearms. That's what my argument is. I said, you know, I'm sick of people, everyone saying, like, oh, take away guns, take away guns. I'm like, look, there's no political party that can take away your guns. It just doesn't work that way. No one knocks on your door tomorrow and goes, give me all your guns. It's just because you would probably shoot them with your guns, which is why they don't do that. They know. They know what happens to people with a lot of guns that you try to take, that you will get shot. Now, I'm of the same mindset that I believe you are, which is I'm all for extraordinary training. I have no problem with people having guns. I have problems with people that do not know how to use guns having guns. Yeah, me too. But the problem is, in many states, you slap down your driver's license, you walk out of there with a firearm. 
Yeah. Or even at like uh, trade shows because that's where like uh, the fucking Las Vegas shooter got all his from. Yeah, that's another big problem, which like, is like there's so many ways to get guns. Nothing. Like well, you just need to buy the gun. Yeah, Jesse's talking not about fucking trade crazy. shows, but about gun shows. Well, yeah, the gun show loophole I mean. doesn't actually exist anymore. Is that has that been like completely like patched up? There's no there's no gun shows where you can buy weapons. The gun show loophole was because it was a private sale to private sale. Right. Didn't require a background check. Correct. I don't know of any gun shows anymore that allow private sales. Now, now we're talking about two different things, though. Now, what you're saying is that my current knowledge does not occupy the space where illegal or potentially legal but minimal gun transactions take place. That doesn't mean that it's no longer legal. It just means you're not aware of any place where this happens. I will do a little more research. I would love to know. I mean, it's a it's a really interesting law, but it's such a weird one. Like, how do you just bypass that? You're like, oh yeah, if you buy it from a guy in a High school gymnasium, it's totally legal. You don't need to... So, the law as it is... I like how you did not discount the fact that it's probably in a high school gymnasium where all good conventions take place. Right. (laughs) So, in a lot of states, say, I was selling you a gun, Mm -hmm. we don't have to, you know, we don't have to go through FFL paperwork. All the registration stuff. I mean, you know what, in a funny way, that kind of makes sense if you have to be trained to purchase the gun in the first place. Well... You know what the question really becomes? And I guess this is sort of like the big overarching question. Where is firearm responsibility? Who's responsible for the act of the firearm? The firearm owner. One would say such things. I just did. As you did. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if that's the case and the onus is on the owner of the gun, shouldn't we ensure the person that owns the gun is not the same ilk of every other person just walking around? I don't mean discriminate and certain people can and cannot get guns. What I mean is shouldn't we hold them to a higher standard? Definitely. Well, as a firearm owner, if I were to transfer a firearm to another private citizen, Mm -hmm. I would do it through an FFL. Right, you'd go about legal means. Well, it's but it's perfectly legal for me to just transfer it to you without going through a firearms. But aren't we talking about like the you're like I would do it all by the book. Meanwhile, people are like ain't nobody doing everything by the book. Go look at the tax laws that are being currently. Well, I, the reason I'm doing that is for my own protection. Right. Because if that gun is used in committing a crime, I went whoa whoa whoa. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I transferred it properly. That's true. That's a good point. Through someone who has to run a background check. You know, it's just kind of sad. It's kind of sad that so many legal things have to be put in place. This stuff should just be like... You know know what's sad about it? What's sad to me about gun laws anywhere in the world is that there's pushback. How? Where does this come from? How do you push back? It's an American right to have firearms. No. Yes. It's not an American right. It's a constitution. constitutional right. Which makes an American right. Not all Americans get all the constitutional rights. American citizens do. Not if they're in certain states of the legal system. Well. You can still be American and not have all the rights of an American. So here's what's super fucked up. You know how felons are disqualified from owning firearms, That's right? what I'm talking about. Except in Texas. Are you kidding me? So five years after their felony, a Texas felon can have a firearm contained in their home. That's messed up. I mean, yeah, I would say this. I found that out researching the Texas shooter. Okay, but I mean, like, one of the bigger problems I think we're facing as a a global issue. I think it's a global issue. Anytime we have laws that pertain to something like firearms, they're always too localized. Well, I agree. I wholly agree. 
problem with having state to state firearm laws in this country is there's unprotected borders of right, every state. Porous. California is surrounded by some of the most gun friendly states in the country. But you know, the crazy part about that is like people are like, oh my God, we had we have strict gun laws in Chicago and gun laws didn't protect anything. Violence went up in Chicago, and you go, Well, hold on a second. So you're telling me that in one particular place you instituted gun laws. Yes. And there's still a lot of violence and criminal activity. Yes. Okay. Is there maybe, just uh, let's just theoretically pretend that we're criminals in Chicago and we're sitting around as one does. Man, I need a gun. Dude, one just drive to Illinois, which is where Chicago is. Uh, drive to Indiana. Drive to, drive to New York. Drive to, you can drive anywhere out of your city where gun laws are not as hardcore yep. and come home with a goddamn gun. And you know what's even more fucked up? No one's going to even stop your car on the way home. Oh, no. And even if they do, if that firearm was perfectly, perfectly legal, legal, if it is legal for you to have it in point A and you're traveling to point B, anywhere in between has no right to stop you. And that's where we become like sort of problematic. You know, like, well, I understand people sort of arguing about gun laws and saying that, you know, oh, well, this particular place has gun laws. Until your gun laws are more wide sweeping and are more federally based, not locally right. based. Right. We need to decide as a country what our standards are for firearms. I think as a country, you've sort of established what your standards no, are not for at all. firearms. Not at all. It's been established for like decades. I think now we're kind of coming into the revolution no, of what should and should not be. If you look at a place like Maryland, where yeah. you could have a, up to a 30-day waiting period to purchase a handgun, versus Nevada, where you could cash and carry same day. We have no... National okay. consensus. Well, that's, that's actually very true. But I mean, you know, here's the thing that kills me. Why is there... I should probably use better phrase. Uh, I should turn a better phrase. 30 days? Yeah. It, you know what? I hate people from elementary school to this day. I'm a, a 30-something-year-old man. I would wait 30 years for some, No, I mean, I'm joking, obviously. But my, my point is kind of still valid, though. 30 days is not that long to hold a grudge. It's not. 30 days? That's your cooldown period? 30 days? I mean, I know you're, you're giving extremes. You're giving like multiple examples. Right. But, well, but on the flip side. Man, but like, why does anyone need a gun? Look, okay, let me rephrase this. Okay, let me give you like context. As a Canadian growing up in a household where we had guns in the house, my dad had multiple weapons. Handling guns and being around guns was like a common thing. This was not a, a foreign thing. I had shot a gun before I was legally allowed to shoot a gun. You went out into the back country area. And dad taught you how to shoot. Like, that was a part of my life growing up. Hunting was not a thing for me. For my father, it is. For my best friend, it is. Fishing, though. I love going fishing and things. So there's a certain angling aspect to it. Right, right. Why the fuck do you need an AR-15? Because they're fun to shoot. Mm, Okay. You know what else is fun to shoot? Your load. But prostitution's illegal. This is outrageous. I feel like we're kind of, we're, we're just, we're getting into sticky situations. Pun intended. Well, that's no, why you need to lubricate your gun. Always. No, I mean, but why do we need guns in the first place? And people are like, I'm scared of criminals. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you're not trained well enough to take down a criminal, which goes back to our original point. Right. That you I should would, be well trained. Oh, my well, God. And the thing about it is, even if you're not well trained in the actual proficiency of using the gun, you should be well trained in the proficiency of clearing jams. Well, that's the other question. You know, like in Canada, we have like a bunch of different laws. Um, around guns, of course. One of the laws I think is particularly interesting and, and I think rather potent is 
we have a law for owning guns and we have a law for buying ammunition. They are not the same thing. You need to go and, and like take courses and stuff just to prove that you know how to take care of guns. Can you clean? I would love to know how many gun owners do not know how to clean their own weapons. Plenty. I would put money that there's a fair number of gun owners out there who don't know how to clear a simple jam, don't know how to clean it, don't know how to lubricate it. Okay, you know, can we, this is like this is sort of a funny analogy that just came to, to mind. Did you know you go through more potentially more rigorous testing before you adopt a cat than you do before you take possession of a weapon in many states in America? That could be total bullshit and not true at all. I think that's correct. <laughs> a quick Google search will probably solve this problem. But think about that. Well, what's, like what's also super fucked up is... would be like, you are not a fit home for this animal. You need to go, sir. And you'd be like, I'm going to go buy a pistol. And they'd be like, we'll sell you one. They will. They will. They will indeed. That seems so problematic to me. I don't know. Maybe it's... Like, I have no desire to own guns. I own multiple guns. But... For what purpose? Uh, professional use, actually. Define professional use. Professional to me implies you get paid to do something. So if yeah. you say professional use, are you paid to use your guns? Yeah. And how is that professional arrangement arranged? Uh, how I'm, does one derive an income from having or using weapons? Armed security. Armed security. So you have a particular set of skills and training. This is going to a Liam Neeson movie. Um, you have a particular set of skills and you've chosen to hone those skills and go into training, which gives you a particular certification yeah, and I have to requalify twice a year, which I still think is lax. Which justifies your use and ownership of those guns. Yeah. I guess, you know, in my head, I suppose I, just, I do not see the downside to requiring people to become more trained with the thing that they so desperately want to fight to keep. I agree. I wholly agree. You should show proficiency with it because, especially with concealed carry, That's concealed carry courses story, okay, yeah. are a fucking joke. Yo, to get my Nevada concealed carry, which also got me my Florida concealed carry, was a one-day, eight-hour course and 30 rounds of ammo shot in a non-stressful situation. But you know what? You say that. I would say this. That's a good step. It's a... No, it's a... It's lackluster. It's it's not good enough because... Hold on a second. Good enough is different than... It's better than nothing. Sure. Barely, but yeah. Do you really... Seriously... Okay, do you really what's, want what's the big gun argument? It's always the same. Do you really want someone who has shot thirty rounds through the weapon and taken a one eight hour course to be walking around in public and believe have the belief that they can use that weapon safely in an emergency situation? Well, we're talking about a lot of different subjects in that particular. No, not at all. That is the when someone is concealed carrying in public. Why can are they, they concealed carrying? Can they use a weapon safely is a big question. Are they trained well enough to use it? Right. I mean, the big argument that guns stop gun violence is ridiculous. But fine. Let's pretend that it's real for a second. I mean, everything's situational. Potentially. They have the potential to now, stop Now, you just gun. nailed the same subject. I was, you beat me to it. Could. Could stop if the owner was trained well enough. You know what I mean? Like, I read an article recently. This is like a year-old article about... These two guys came into like a McDonald's and like robbed the place, you know, at hostage situation kind of thing, gunpoint, one weapon between the two people. What they didn't realize was there was a table full of people who are literally trained in hostage situations and diffusing it. That's what they do. Now, what's more interesting to me is like these motherfuckers were eating McDonald's. 
Sometimes you're just hungry, man. Dude, I'm hungry right now. Like, if you were like, hey, we're going to get some McDonald's, I'd be like, let's do this. Fucking let's do this right now. But the point which was more fascinating was what happened afterwards. They let them rob the place. They, they, they waited. Fine. As they're running away, they're like, okay, let's get these motherfuckers. Then they went and took these guys down. They didn't have a gun. These guys did not have weapons. These well-trained... I mean, that's not true. One did have a weapon, I believe. But the article I read didn't specify. What it said was one of the two culprits was apprehended when they like tripped and fell, and one guy was shot in the abdomen. What we don't know is where that bullet came from. In other words, did the guy that fell have the gun, and they took the gun and turned it on the other guy and took him down? We don't know. Right. My point is, people train in this situation potentially with a gun. Let's give them a gun. Fuck it. They all have guns. In the situation, they diffused it, took it down, and took care of everything because they were highly trained. Not because they had a gun, because they were highly trained. We need to stop teaching people or giving people the false hope that they're going to be vigilantes. You're not going to be Punisher. Definitely not. So I don't know if you're aware. I worked for an armored car company for 12 years. On purpose? Sadly. (laughs) Eight of those years, I literally, you know, serviced ATMs, jumped out of trucks, Delivering money to banks, retailers, stuff Were you like feel for, fearful for your life at any point? A couple times. Really? What, was, what happened? This is more interesting than any of our shitty topics. Okay. <laughs> so what happens? Like, what was like the, the, the first scary moment you had at work? When do you first question your safety? Always. Constantly? Constantly. Because like a perpetual state of paranoia? Yeah. How long are you in this job for? Jumping out of the trucks with money for eight years. And then... Eight years? Yeah. Four years after that, I was in management there, but whatever. Okay, so there's always one motherfucker that gets to stay in the truck. How do, how do you decide? Because there's three of you, right? There's like one in the back. Two. There's, one, there's just two people? Yeah. Oh, there's three. There's like one with the goods. No, that's the movies. One driving. And then there's like one lookout guy who like just makes sure That's the fucking people. movies. There's just two of you, huh? Just two of you. Okay. So as someone who's worked for, uh, not me obviously, but you have worked for a company like this before. If you were to like rob one of these motherfuckers. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, that's fair. You probably <laughs> signed some paperwork that says you're not allowed to do that. No, I'm just not going to put up. I'm not going to endanger someone else's fucking life. Because I don't do the job anymore. Good point. But if anyone's Jane, like listening to this podcast, like a troublemaker with the hopes of like rolling he's, a fucking. He's truck. a troublemaker. Fine, let's ro- just, you know, rob a bank with a goddamn Matt, note. It's a lot Matt, easier. Let's Matt, move Jesse tell him, back tell in. Come and go fuck himself. Wow, Matt, Jesse's back <laughs> in black because that is all she wears. What I was saying was that I did that job for a number of years. You always had to be on edge because you never know who's scoping you. Who's you know. Do you get scoped a lot? Like, are you like, are you trained to be more aware of it? Are you looking for people looking at you? Kind of. Yeah, thing? definitely. Hmm. Definitely. So the one time I actually thought I was going to have to shoot somebody, that is a very specific moment. That isn't like fearful of. That was like, you okay? So that's like, there's two, there's two different situations here. The one situation is like when you're like, I feel like I'm currently in harm's way, and the other one is I currently believe I need to put somebody else in harm's way. Well, you're talking about the latter. When you the ladder like became, you may need to kill a motherfucker. The ladder became, the ladder came about because I thought they were putting me in harm's way. Of course, I mean that's always going to be the situation. Right. But when you read your employment contract, were you like, "It's going to be fun"? This is America. There's no employment contracts. Okay, just you know, keep going. <laughs> God bless America. Someone in a perfect world. So perfect world. a perfect world comes with employment. This is contract. like 2005. Yeah. Okay. I'm coming out of a grocery store because we used to pick up grocery stores. As one does. There's a two-seater with two guys in it looking at me, talking, looking at me. So I enter the first door of the vestibule. This There's no fun. entrance door within 100 feet of where I'm coming out. And someone doesn't strike me as right. It's like, 
if these guys were waiting for someone to come out of the store, they're in a two-seater. There's Where are they going to put the third person? I draw my weapon. You drew? Oh, yeah. Wow. So this grocery store sh- ships out inner office mail. So I conceal it behind the inner office mailbag. As I clear the second door of the vestibule and actually step outside, yeah. the guy in the passenger seat runs at me. Gray hoodie, hood pulled up, hand in his front pocket. In the split second, everything was going down. He was on top of me faster than I could say, stop or I'll fucking shit. And in the split second it was going down, I decided if his hand comes out of that hoodie, I'm shooting it. So as he runs towards me, he gets to see the business end of the gun. I pointed it at him. Did he stop? No, he kept running. Wow. He ran right past me. Oh, fuck. Ran past me, ran into the store. If he had been a white guy, I probably wouldn't have given him the opportunity to run past me. In the split second shit was going down, I went, I thought if I shot an unarmed Hispanic man, I was going to go to prison forever. And you would be correct. If I had shot an unarmed white guy, I probably could have justified it in court. Hmm. That is some weird-ass white logic right there. Still the thought process that went it's through my head true, as though. it went down. Okay, Pretty in the true. moment. You know, I, mean, I understand where you're coming from, and that's, I mean, it's a fucked-up situation to be in, in in the first place. Like, you should not be put in that situation, but okay. I mean, I have less than a second to make a decision if I'm going to end this man's oh, life. Dude, there's been so many books and stuff, studies written about that split-second decision and, like, what goes through your mind. Well, and it's just slowed down, like, because in my head as it was going down, all I kept thinking was, holy shit, this is going down. So literally as it went God, down. That's scary. I decided if his hand comes out of that front pocket, I am pulling the trigger. I had the gun trained on him. So dude ran past me, (laughs) ran into the store. Right, right. I got tunnel vision on him. I have no fucking idea what happened with the driver. The the only words I got out in the whole fucking exchange is I called him a stupid motherfucker. So let me get this straight. Yes. You've got a pile of money beside you because you're taking cash from a grocery store. This random dude jumps out of a car, runs past you. You're about to shoot and kill him. And all you managed to get out was, stupid motherfucker. You stupid motherfucker. Yes, Bad that's life. all I got out. Now, Bad I'm life. no legal expert Bad by life. any means, but I would probably try to tell them something else before. If I was ready to shoot someone and take their life, stupid and motherfucker would you not be the s- next You say that now. You say that now. That's what happened in the moment. Matt, go get your pistol. Let's see if this plays out in real time. Uh, I'm not no. going to do that. We've been drinking. No, let's not. That's also a good idea. I like how he took it seriously. He was like, I'm not going to do that because we've been drinking. Because if we weren't drinking, he'd be like, let me go get my Oh yeah, totally. My side piece. I totally would. <laughs> I would happily unload them and show them for you. Yeah, sure. How, how could you not? But as I said, he closed the distance before I could get out, stop or I'll shoot. And once he passed me and was running to the store, like, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah, okay, I can see where you're coming from. So I lose track of what happened to the driver. I literally... Bang on the door and throw myself into the truck. Holy shit. And uh, my heart's... Were you still holding the money? Oh, yeah. The money, the gun, everything. (laughs) And my partner, who's normally a serious dude, is literally on the ground of the truck crying laughing. (gasps) Are you shitting me right now? No. I would have shot him at a principal. I would have been like, you know what, motherfucker? The Second Amendment was made for people to abuse as well. And this is that moment. God damn it. Pat, pat, pat. He's like, holy shit, I think the guy shit himself. The guy shit himself? (laughs) That was his response. Can we go back to the original fucking problem? Why was this asshole running out of a two-door, making a lot of eye contact with you, bum-rushing the money? Was there like a fuck? There must have been the best sale on something that you just don't know about. Did you go back in the store afterwards just to figure out? no, we left. I would have gone back and seen if like chicken was on sale for half price. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's really racist. That wasn't racist at all. I want a good deal for chicken. We've got puppies at home. So we get chickens and then I, I boil the chicken for them and that's how they eat. They eat chicken breast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. By the way, you said Matt, he was Hispanic. Matt, so what now, kind of racism are you throwing around? Now you know around? what I deal with every day. Every day. <laughs> well, every day. This is Jesse's life. Not obviously this involved. This is her life by choice. Well, sort of. Yeah. Jesse's life doesn't usually involve so much smooth, crisp. Oh, shut Jim up. Jim bonded, 100 proof. No, but otherwise, yeah. The, the, like the theory of what happened was that they were making a trial run to see how I'd react. Now that's more interesting than all of this stuff. So you thought that these people were like doing a dry run of a fucking? Oh no, run. I thought in the moment that they were making a real attempt at it. Well, you obviously did, but I mean, but the conjecture afterwards was that this was planned in a particular way. Statistically, armored car robberies are planned out for a minimum of three days. Hold on a second. If I was going to rob a fucking armored car. What was that movie? The Italian Job? Really? Like That's the, the armored car robber you think of? I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> not heat, not no, heat. No, fuck heat. I mean, he was fuck great. heat. Get out. Get out. All, all, all I'm saying is the amount of you got to leave. You got to go. The amount of effort that goes into taking a truck full of potential valuables should be greater than three days, on average. That's even worse. That means some people spend less time than three days. <laughs> but that means some people spend a lot more. That's true. So I don't know if you know this. Uh, but Jessie has this new uh, thing she does at her salon. It's this Where she robs armored cars? No, she's not robbing anybody. But uh, what she's doing is she's doing a badass haircut and she's going to start leaving. She's not going to actually do this because she's actually a professional. I'm going to what? A single square of hair at the back of your head, either uncut from the beginning of the cut. I feel like we just got um, wildly off topic. We totally did. I was trying to segue back so that Jessie and I could talk about some weird shit that goes on at her salon, which always makes me laugh, but... No. No. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. Okay. Let's pass. Go back Later. Later. Hard pass. Later. Hard pass. Later. Hard pass on that one. Later. Later. You know what we don't hard pass on? Shut up. We don't hard pass on ghost tequila. Oral. <laughs> ghost tequila. That's, that, that, that was the, my second. Should we do a shot of ghost tequila? Is that a principle? Not Jesse, obviously. I mean, we can. We should. Fucking Jim Beam's not paying us to drink this shit. The least we can do is knock back some ghost tequila. I'll drink some ghost tequila. All right. That was a radio fuck you, if anyone's wondering. That's what that sound is. All right. Go ahead. That was the, in the eight years of, like, doing the job, that was the closest I got to actually ever shooting anyone. Are you talking about the podcast right now, or are you talking about being a person? <laughs> oh, no. Guess? Oh, there's a lot of guests I've wanted to shoot. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I actually was concerned. I was confused for a moment. I was like, why would you shoot someone in the, in the middle of a podcast? What did I do to be so <laughs> It's <horrific>? great fucking <laughs> radio. It's great TV. It's shit radio. I don't know. If I just pop and you just... Chekhov would have been like, did he leave the room first? I mean, you, you can't kill him, because how am I supposed to... Yeah, how is she supposed to get her stock supply of I wasn't talking syrup? about him. Okay. His point was he'd never felt like killing someone before until this grocery store incident, which is also fucking fascinating. I did okay. not feel like killing anyone there. Otherwise, I would have. Was that a terrifying job? Not really. How long were you with that job before you were like, I'm out? Peace. About a year. <laughs> did you quit or they let you go? I quit. Good for you. What was it? What was the final straw where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Uh, when I was in management for a number of years and they offered me 20000 less than I made the year before. Oof. So a promotion. 
Yeah. A, dem- a demotion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's not what it looks like on paper. Oh, no. They were all, technically, it was a promotion. There it is. For 20000 less than I made the year before. So, yeah. I said, uh, fuck you. I'm out. Yeah, that's messed yeah. up. I mean, a, a study went around before. This is like a decade ago. Who knows how long ago it was. Where they said that like, employees would prefer a better title than a pay raise. Yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not either. I, would, I don't give a shit. What'd you you could call me the dumpster garbage boy and give me 20000 extra. And I'd be like, what do you do? The dumpster garbage boy. Oh, well, then the best part is <laughs> they were offering me 20000 less than I made the year before and setting me up to fail. Well, now we're just talking about companies that want you to fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Not and that's not entertaining radio to the audience. But it's actually about that time, guys. What? What does that mean? Do his I have to last, get naked? His last call. What? I told you he likes to talk a lot. I don't know. You what don't you're say. About. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, say a couple things here and there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Slit Shane talk. Tell us more. This is this is. Shane, where can we find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on all kinds of the social medias. Um, <laughs> I am easily found on the Twitter at Shane Cobalt, S-H-A-N-E-C-O-B-A-L-T, like the color blue, or that remarkable mineral that we're currently mining in third world countries to ruin children's lives. Or you can find me on Instagram, also at Shane Cobalt, same as the Twitter. Jesse, where can we find you? Um, You can find me on Twitter under OMG, it's Jesse Lee. You can find me on Instagram under three different things. Jesse Axley. Hair by Jesse Lee, and then Salon to Jesse. You can book an appointment for my salon at salontojesse.com. Um, and also, I will be featuring at Hustler after AVN in Vegas. When, when is that? Um, Second week of January. Yeah. January. Is it January? Yeah. So there you go. So, January, you want to see Jesse Lee? Check her out What's at Hustler in Las so Vegas. Like- yeah, come out to the Hustle Club. Jesse will get naked. I'll be drunk. It'll be great. And I'll also be naked. Yeah. Not by choice. And I I think I'm signing in AVN. I don't know yet. Are you signing? Is there a booth for you that you're going to be? You were talking to somebody about it, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Fist pump. Good times. Fist pump. Mm -hmm. You can always find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter. Matt Slayer on Instagram. Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. Matt Slayer on Snapchat. You can find the podcast at and, And Now We Drink. On Instagram at and now we drink underscore. As always, I had another stroke, which really means that we're going to continue drinking. We're going to continue drinking off air right now, guys. So, cheers all. Cheers.